Yo, how are you doing, folks? Welcome to episode 66 of the Simple Life podcast. It is a special one today. It is one that I've been trying to put together, God, probably since episode six, to be honest with you. He's been my one of my ideal guests for, for quite a long time. Uh, we've chatted back and forth, but you know what the hell it's been like during this pandemic with all our different projects, with all our different uh, forms of activism that we've been trying to explore in this new world we live in, in a, I'd like to say post-COVID, so I'm going to say post-COVID society. Um, he is, uh, well, he describes himself as a masked activist, an author, artist, and a movement. Ooh, we'll discuss that further. Uh, best known for his uh, outrageous and audacious public stunts in political activism, focused around cannabis decriminalization, social injustice, homelessness, and questioning the government. He is, as I like to call him, the masked manicurian, Outlaw, how are you doing, brother? What's up, man? You's all right? Very good, very good. All the better for, for having you here, man. I have to say, I said to you, I promised you, I'd come on before the end of January, and here we are on the last day of January. But we're here. We are. It's 7 p.m., 7 p.m. The fine folks will be, uh, I can imagine a few people <laughs> are going to get this notification at about 10 to midnight tonight and go, oh, oh go on then, go on then. There so, we uh, yeah, we're going to give them some some quality content uh, over the next few hours. And thanks for having me on as well, man. You've done some sick stuff on this podcast, so pick up yourself as well. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Much respect. Um, yeah, we we'll, suppose we'll dive right into this um, for people to kind of, don't know who you are, maybe don't. I know there are some people out there <laughs> somewhere that maybe don't know who you are. Um, but for those that don't, so could you tell us why and where and when, I guess, you kind of your first put on the balaclava? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously I'm an activist uh, and I suppose I put on the balaclava for the same reason as everybody else. You know, I don't want to get caught doing what I'm doing. Uh, the first thing that I ever thought of for Outlaw was giving out bud, you know, in... Uh, Manchester City Centre. So I suppose wearing a balaclava, like, at, at, at that point, I thought, well, I'm going to get away with everything wearing a balaclava. Here. And I suppose up till now I have, but there's been a few run-ins with the law and that, obviously. Uh, but the main reason really was uh, I'm already, well, I'm not well-known, but without the balaclava, and I'm already a musician. Um, and I, I was coming up in the game and... Uh, my mate went viral on TikTok, basically, uh, and all his music has gone mad, and he's, he's quite well known now. And it's just a shit situation for him. Like he actually doesn't like being well known, like quite a lot of people don't. But I suppose because I'm so close to him, I just thought, ah, oh, fuck any of that. Like I suppose I could, I could have done everything I've done without a Balion, uh, apart from some of the defenses, which we'll talk about in a bit. But um, yeah, I just it's not really an ego thing for me. Like I'm not into all that, you know patting me on the back all the time and you know I'll be outlaw when I want to be outlaw and uh, when I want to do my I nearly said my name then that's how shit I am at life <laughs> um, yeah no I can be outlaw when I want to be outlaw and I can be myself when I want to be myself in it yeah yeah no I think it's we've obviously had uh, conversations about this it's quite quite a bit and it is one of the main things you kind of hear from people and we obviously had a conversation quite a while ago and we said it's a juxtaposition of I kind of went and went, all right, here's my life. And I kind of had no choice but for it to become my life because I would have to put on a balaclava to not be simper. Do, do you know what I mean? So it's almost like you've kind of done it, I want to say the right way and I've done it the wrong way. I wouldn't put it in such terms, but oh. they both have different advantages and, and both have different kind of um, set, setbacks. Yeah. I mean, it's probably easier for you to get a bank than outlaw to get a bank, you know what I mean? But 
uh, other than that, I wouldn't necessarily say you've done it the wrong way. It's just a different approach to it, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. And I mean, it's, I suppose, different climates as well, um, as we'll sort of explore further as we talk about the different forms of, of activisms and of activism and the kind of uh, sort of level of the stunts and the, um, the, the, the stunts that you've performed, that I think you kind of need that ability to take the mask off and you're anonymous again. Do you know what I mean? If, especially with modern technology, with facial recognition, everything else. I mean, yeah. you were saying your first event was, it was uh, Manchester Piccadilly Square, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Dead, dead center. I mean, that place has got to have a couple of thousand cameras kicking around it. And yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't see you having the same ability to to walk away in the same way. So could you tell us actually how, how that kind of went down? Because from the video of it, you just say yeah, you, you stand, you pull up your... your, your yeah your banner and just kind of start shooting weed. We're not even shooting, sorry, giving weed to people. Yeah, yeah, not even selling it, man. Just, yeah, giving the put out. Obviously, if you're looking under 18, I'm not really looking to, but there wasn't anyone. That, there was a guy with a kid, but I didn't give the kid any. Um, but yeah, the video is just, uh, I like to keep it, you know, short on the video. This is what happened. You don't need to see, in my head, you don't need to see loads of stuff. But uh, I mean, I, I got two taxis there, even though I live in town, I'm still getting two taxis and switching it all up. Got, I've got some sick behind the scenes footage, you know, like I'm in a taxi putting my fucking, taking all my COVID shit off, or taking, at the time it was more of like a bandana, but now I just wear all the COVID shit. Uh, bandana hat on and switch that over to the well, I asked him first, obviously, and the guy's live. Like, that's kind of what Manchester's like a bit. Like the, the, the taxi drivers are fucking, they've seen everything anyway, you know, so, um, yeah, I jumped out of the taxi, walked down the road. We set up. I pulled up the banner. Uh, my mate's there as well. I give him an outlaw uh, balaclava as well. Um, he's, so he's kind of holding the signs and uh, and I'm giving out the board. Um, but yeah, I mean, I made sure I walked past the police when when before we'd set it up. I got the banner there and I saw the police at the window picking the and I thought, fuck, you're going to walk past him. So I walked right past him with the ballet. I've never been really out with the ballet. I'd done one more thing at Boots literally the day before. I uh, went into Boots with the sign and the police were all fine with me. They, all they took was my stick off me, uh, which I was holding the sign with. Um, was that because it could be uh, construed as a weapon? That's what they tried to say, you know. But fucking, they had a bit of Velcro on the back so I could switch <laughs> it. That's, no, that's fast access to a weapon. That's, that's so we've got to take that away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, just got out, uh, picked up the fucking banner, handed all my bud out. In case it went well, I had another guy to drop off another little sack. So we did drop off the other sack. Uh, then we walked down the pubs and that and just giving out weed to the world. That's not even in the video. I've got so much. This is what's been interesting about doing my YouTube, actually, because we've been looking through all this footage thinking, yeah, that's sick for people haven't seen half of it. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, I went to all the pubs and gave out all the bud there uh, with the ballet on and then literally turned down the corner and there was all police. They, they were thinking we were going to go straight down the road onto the main Ancoat. There's like a main road in Manchester, well, Ancoat's area. Uh, and it's quite a, a busy road. Uh, they thought we were going to go that way, so they were going to come up behind us. But I just split second said, right, let's turn down this little side street. Turn down it, and all the police were ready coming in from all angles. So, uh, look, I didn't even have any... I had one little bag left on me, just a little fucking... So I didn't have much for him to do anyway. Uh, and then, yeah, just a whole load of shit went down. <laughs> well, I got... I, like I say, all the charges got dropped. Um based on like proof. Like I was going to say to you before, um, the the balaclava, why did I put on the balaclava? I didn't realise at the time, but it 
if you imagine there's a character, let's say Donald Duck is dressed up, yeah, and he's giving out weed. So this is like circum. This is like this is not necessarily what I do, just for fucking uh, legal. Hi- hypothetically speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Um, so if you saw Donald Duck giving out weed, uh, and then at some point, you know, he, he just goes in this bit where he's not on camera. It's not on any, and there's a, there's a few other people there. You know, I've got my camera guy, I've got my mate, I've got my couple of people just standing by, uh, always. But if you can't see me going into that little bit and coming back out, there's you can't say that the person's not changed the costume, uh, and the person that the police are dealing with at that point was the same guy that was giving out the cannabis, even though I've got the balaclava on with the fucking. Mm. Uh, so did somebody else at that point? Uh, yeah, so, you're creating enough of a a space between the timeline and the sightline um, of this hypothetical character. So, yeah, if Donald, looking quite dramatically like a duck, walked into Mm. a premises with several other people looking remarkably like ducks and took off his his, his balaclava, yeah, Yeah, yeah. there was no way to then prove which one of them was the one with the balaclava unless they then have to go to the forensics. This is is what I'm saying. This is what I thought at the start. Uh, and then on another time I got arrested, the police was explaining that he was watching me on the CCTV and he says he saw everything. He said he saw all the manoeuvres. So, but, I, you know, it's, it's set times, quite a lot of the time, it's just about accepting it and mm-hmm. whether I accept it or not, whether it's me, whatever, you know, um, I, I wouldn't accept that uh, it was necessarily me, even though to a point, if they had all the footage, they would be able to prove it, you know, so then you've got to go down other defences of... Uh, you know what was that? What was I even doing? Like, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna get stopped by the police after doing what I was potentially doing, um, and you know, just give everything up. Am I? You know, uh, the the image that was kind of going through my head there was the end of V for Vendetta, but outlaw balaclavas. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Do you know, I've seen that film so long ago. They all on the phone or something. No, the, the the end of it, they're all put on V's mask and they all march and wearing the same guys and everybody looks the same and until they remove their mask, there is no difference and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that harmonising. I think it's one of the things that is powerful about the whether it be intentional or consequential of yeah. you wearing a balaclava is it is symbolic. I think it was on YouTube as well, you know, where everyone wore the V mask in some type of... Uh, some type of phone signal happened, or maybe it was in a film and they were all wearing a VMAS. I can't remember. Yeah, but I... Anonymous took over it as well as a, they kind of co-opted it as a, as a symbol for a while. Well, the, the Warner Brothers uh, copyrighted version, actually quite interestingly, uh, interesting paradox between these anti-corporatists spending a shitload of money to make a certain company rich uh, to have a mask to hide their, their identity. Yeah, it's, it's certain ironies. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, this, the symbol of outlaw, as it were, as you say, it means that you have the ability to be anybody. So it's the same thing we see of the, what do they call it, the the blank mask of actors, you know, yep. mainstream A-list actors, and they have kind of a neutral features. And it's the idea that you can then impose yourselves into them. You know what I mean? So you it makes it easy for you to see themselves in you. So a lot of people can then see themselves as outlaw. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. that is then acts as a point of inspiration um, to them. A lot, a lot of well, people can be outlaw, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. Not they don't have to wear the balaclava. They can be because, uh, like, I would consider myself to be acting, or even though I'm, you know, uh, I'm not necessarily doing some mad acting and pretending to be a different person. But for the record, <laughs> I would consider myself to be acting anyway. You know, it's it's performative. 
yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So this is... Um... Like I said to you a while ago, do you remember when I said about Shameless? They were filming in the, uh, in the, in the, in the church area. Uh, and Frank, have you seen Shameless? Set in Manchester. Yeah, 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 yeah. funny program. Well, it was for a few. It, yeah, it's a good program. Um, but they're they're filming in the church, and they've got uh, Frank there, and he's all swearing and that. And that would be a public order offence. But the police can can't prosecute the fucking actor, you know, or they can't prosecute the character to start with. They're not going to prosecute Frank Gallagher, who's yeah. the main, you know, uh, person in the show. Um, so it's like there, there is whether it's online or not there are defenses for you know just acting yeah yeah we, exactly that if you then think of what the modern movie industry is it depicts murder rape serious yeah. offenses yeah as you say uh on property in violation of civil ordinances and laws for trespass and things like that so yeah exactly that there is there is so much of that that defense and it's one of the first things that i came to I suppose appreciate about your form of activism mm-hmm. um, is, is the, the the power of of of, of the of the anonymity, but also the fact that it gives you a form of identity in that paradox. Do you know what I mean? In the sense yeah. that you are out, outlaw defined by your actions. You are not. There is no other proliferal information, which I suppose is. Um, kind of one of the, one of the reasons that I don't want to say you're Marmite because you're really not at all brother but mm. there, there are a certain sort of group of people that look at your anonymity and are very distrusting of it and mm. I, I can in some ways I guess well, you know balaclavas I've got a bit of a stigma well, yeah exactly most people see I mean you're not exactly a, a, the smallest of blokes either so I mean you <laughs> plus your bally and your, your puffer jacket we'd call them bomber jackets puffer jackets what do we call them whatever yeah yeah, yeah. whatever you whatever I suppose yeah call it a puffer jacket it's a lot less <laughs> dangerous than a guy in a bally in a bomber jacket yeah, yeah we don't use that terminology in a, in a high street <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll, call it, we'll call it a puffer jacket yeah right so that can imagine yeah it's got really intimidating connotations to to some people so that it's interesting that I'm thinking in my head there. Yeah, I suppose with... online, because I have to, sorry to cut you off, man, but mm. uh, I've been out and about so many times in town and there's, there's lovely old ladies that come up to us, you know, about, so what's this all about? You know, all that stuff. Like, it's nice, man. Like, not, no one from what I've seen has been mad. Uh, the, the most the people are most scared of the police, literally. Yeah, and as you say, that's because they don't know what to do about it. I mean, the image in my head that I was going to sort of, uh, talk out before was from the video of you handing out toiletries and stuff during COVID, and yeah. it, it is basically of a, a little old lady waving on a doorstep. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And it's, 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 again, I think it's powerful to reclaim that, that symbol because anonymous shouldn't mean dangerous. Yeah. It shouldn't mean that you have to stand by everything. I mean, I hate this idea of it's the same as a... What is it that if you've got nothing to hide, why are you scared? The idea that we were to, when we were discussing identity cards and now with uh, mandatory COVID vaccination passports and stuff like that and the mandates. Yeah, but I'm not scared. I'm not. I'm not scared. It's like the uh, you know, Banksy would never be out in the public. You know, like that type of thing. You're saying about inspirations before, yeah. But like, I, I like what Banksy does. I really yeah. do, but. I'm, I'm, you know, you can come and chat. I go around, you know, delivering toys and I chat to people all the time with the Bally Online. It's not like I'm uh, too asked about the public, you know, knowing who I am. You know, it's just for certain things. Which is leaving evidence for it. You know what I mean? Obviously, you want to be smart, uh, yeah. smart with the, the, the data trails and the, the paper trails. And I think that's that's smart because 
the body of also work. Also, at the start of this, I had I was my music, my other music project. I was not. Um, I was managed by kind of managed by someone that, or like it was it was a thing, and it's not a thing anymore. But uh, he wouldn't have liked my outlaw shit, you know. So. At that, at that time, I didn't need my fucking name about. Now I'm not too asked, but I I don't I'm not I'm not bothered either way. You know, like uh, it's just for my defenses and for if if it, it, it for the police really or you know them type of things mm-hmm. hypothetically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get I get that I get that man. Um... And I was going to say about that old lady as well on the video, like not necessarily her or anything, but a, a couple of you know, older people took a bud to try when I was handing out them toilet papers. You know what I mean? Like the stigma of cannabis is, um, it's crazy. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it at all. Like people are open to it. It's not like they're they're scared of the plant or the, you know. Yeah. Things things are really changing. I mean, when you were doing that, they'll have been locked in the houses for a good few months and there's all kinds of stuff coming out, um, you know, watching all kinds of different programs and seeing like cannabis being referenced in Coronation Street and shit like that. Oh, and then when, so some some nice young man handing out toiletries happens to go, well, we want to try a bit of this as well alongside of it. And I can imagine, yeah, what else are you going to do? I mean, I I'm not out of the house anytime soon. I didn't. Uh, it, it was written on the van. I just get into conversation. Obviously, if I'm giving you toilet roll, quite, I'd say about 90% of them said, so what's all this about then? You know, maybe my daughter follows you on Instagram or whatever it was, you know, and they've said mm-hmm. that. Uh, and they said, well, what's that? You know, we it said it on the side of the van, weed and that. Um, so he said, well, what's it? I said, well, you can have some if you want. And a couple of them said, yeah. Like, and I wasn't expecting that type of thing. Even like it surprised me, you know. Um, I just thought I'd have it there because people kind of would come up to the van like they did and just say, yes, outlaw, you know, where's the product? So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was nice to see, man. Like, this is why I'm trying to stop the stigma type shit, you know, this cannabis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, man, I, I love your... Um... Your, your mannerisms in terms of the way you speak there. So weed and that, as you were saying it, I was like, right, in the future, Manchester-based cannabis home delivery company. Weed and that. Weed and that. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's got a ring to it. Really it's does, right. re- really fucking does, man. Um, I'm really appreciating um, the Northwestern mannerisms the more time I spend in Liverpool recently. Uh, mm. do, do enjoy just the way you guys communicate. It's, it's, yeah, Liverpool's it's, a good place, it's, man. Yeah, man, yeah. Uh, so I think actually in that we've just covered quite a few of the other questions that are on my on my list. I will actually point out that you are second to only Tommy Chong in terms of the number of questions that I have actually prepared for this. Oh man! But I will tell I you that we probably only got through about six with Tommy Chong because we just kept <laughs> sidebarring so hard. He's got so many stories and anecdotes, and I suppose you do as well. So I'm quite looking forward to seeing uh, what we get covered here, man. Um, uh, I suppose we've touched on it maybe briefly, but how do you how do you fund sort of the public stunts and your activism? Because uh, as people that don't know, obviously you've you've dressed up as Santa Claus over Christmas in previous years and given out quite a bit of money. You you did a, a project with was it Universal Credit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you handed up, uh, gave people back the twenty quid that was was then taken at the end of the the COVID regulations. Yeah. Uh, well, I funded it by my music royalties. Uh, I've got a lot of music out. I sell a lot of music to rappers and that uh, under a different name, obviously not out or, uh, you know, so the, the music royalties are the main thing, but I do have to like say any extra helps good. Like I've got a best selling book. So the Amazon don't give you any money really, <laughs> even with a fucking, but it's a, a best selling book in the law category. Um, so, I mean, that little bit that comes in at the month is good. 
Uh, I can't pick up the fucking patrons as well. Uh, or outlaw members. You know, uh, I, I think we I think we get about it. It probably just covers the websites and stuff, but everything's just helpful. Um, you know, any any support, not not necessarily financial, but any any type of support. But yeah, funding it, it's more um, my music royalties or projects that are, or beats that I sell. Not always royalties, but music income really is what's what funds it. Because obviously, you would know, activism doesn't fucking pay you any money. You know what I mean? Yeah, boy. <laughs> if you're good at it, it makes you broke. <laughs> Luckily, I give out a lot of weed, but the, I, I give out a lot of weed, but I don't necessarily have to pay for the weed. Um, yeah. So, so a lot of the stuff is the stamps, you know, putting the shit in there and that. But um, the envelopes and the stamps is is not as much as the you know the weed that I've give out that would have cost a fucking fortune. So I'm I'm quite uh, lucky to be in uh, whatever position it is. Yeah, man, that's, that sounds like yeah, you've got quite a, a network of people that obviously the help you talking before of the, the cameramen and the additional people, um, you know, like drivers etc. on on the yeah. different projects and on the I don't want really to use the word stunts because it kind of sounds derogatory, but yeah. I suppose it, it they are they are sort of stunts it isn't a gimmick but it is deliberately meant to stun in a certain way people out of the mundanity and the uh mon mono singularized track of their thought processes they then see yeah. this guy juxtaposed him in a balaclava you think thief you think somebody yeah. trying to steal and acquire whereas mm. you're then acting as a robin hood you're dressed as a robber yeah. giving people shit that, that, that's a, do you know what I mean? Though? Because that's why people will put on a balaclava. I mean, obviously not. Yeah, yeah. If you go skiing, you ride a motorbike, etc. I know there are plenty of valid. In a nutshell, people wear a balaclava to stay anonymous. Like I said, yeah. I, I do it for the same reason. I don't know what anyone else's intent is. Obviously, <laughs> people do shit in balaclavas. You can pull up news articles and that, but I'm not. I don't have the same intent. Obviously, as, mm -hmm. as anyone else, it's just you know for that reason. And like with the funding stuff, I can, like I say, activism doesn't pay any fucking money so i can confidently say as acting you know as the character <laughs> of Outlaw, that i don't pay tax because my other music business that's managed by someone else and he's not not gonna pay tax so we fucking pay tax i get my wage as as a real person you know without the balaclava on and i can spend that on whatever i want so if i choose to spend it on fucking stamps and posters and uh whatever it is you know vans and anything really i don't need to be it's a it's a that's my you know what i mean yeah 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 it's, yeah. Not, it's not a taxable thing it's that's my uh money from a different project you know so i can uh give out as much cash as i want and no one can really ask any questions yeah yeah, I suppose that's one of the things that um, I suppose a lot of people are, are quite interested in because there have been, I've seen some ranging from the ridiculous to maybe the curious uh, screenshots and sort of images that people are sharing around in certain groups and in closed corners of the internet of sort of any firm or any company that's registered on company's house with the word outlaw in it. So I just wanted to see if I'm seeing that, you know. Yeah, see if we could clear the air on. Are you? I think there's, there's Outlaw Designs. There was a firm that dissolved in August 2017 called Outlaw Legal Services. Are, are any of these affiliated uh, to yourself? <laughs> well, I, 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 Outlaw wouldn't be on company's house. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Not, I not after what you spoke of with all the character work and everything. Well, you'd, you'd be on company's house if the business 
made over 12 and a half. Even then, this it, I could be self-employed, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, I didn't invent the word outlaw, you know what I mean? Uh, people have called their businesses outlaw limited. Uh, that LTD thing, the people don't even know what that's about. That's something that I'll keep right till the very end, and then I'll say if I want to say, but LTD doesn't mean limited company. <laughs> Yeah, that's, well, that's an interesting one. All right. I take it you mean the end of your work here and not the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the end of the podcast. Sorry. I'm ah, damn, it. Damn, damn it. All right. Yeah. All right. Fair play. Fair play. I'll be back yeah. for that one. I'll be back for that one. We'll, uh, we'll just, we'll sign you in for exclusive when you want to uh, reveal, reveal your identity. We'll, Come do, on, we'll, do, an, we'll do an, we'll do an Oprah, Oprah style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so actually, I suppose that leads on to one of the sort of, I've got, Basically, with some of the questions that I've got for my for my audience at home, I want you to be aware and informed. I have put out a few different sort of uh, questionnaires, as it were. Like I will have Outlaw on the podcast on different platforms. What do you want to hear? I've had them. Some of them. Are, some of them I've omitted. Like uh, one of my one of my mates actually responded of asking asking what he had for his dinner. Um, people then range in to ask some quite ridiculous and rude questions that, I mean, we have a rude podcast, but I don't think, frankly, I'm going to put that under the airwaves. Uh, maybe tell you about that ones later. Um, but yeah, the, quite a few of them were around, um, the other projects that you've been working on. So outlaws, uh, outlaw, pro, uh, sorry, outlaw prosecution services and outlaw legal aid. Yeah. So I just wondered if you could tell us sort of a bit more about, about these projects and kind of what they get up to. Yeah, I've heard, I've, you were talking about registered businesses before, I've heard some people say that as well, uh, mainly on Facebook and that, but fucking uh, maybe two or three people about uh, why is it not why is it not on a registered company? It's, they're, they're both basically charities, you know what I mean? If they were going to be anywhere, <laughs> they'd be on a fucking, you know, some kind of charity thing because they don't make money, like it doesn't profit anything, both of the legal services. It cost me like quite a lot of money to run. Um I suppose reg- registering companies, as you were saying before, if, if it's outlaw and outlaw is a character and outlaw doesn't then pay tax, the reason we yeah. register companies is for taxation. And it, yeah, did, it depends you know, what company it is, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean, I get, it's, you get the less likely it is you're going to pay tax anyway, these fucking big companies. Yeah, man. Yeah. And we've all seen sort of the shell games and, and, and the ways you can incorporate and change status and various things. Like, it's all very feels very convoluted to me anyway. And I think my my instinct towards an answer for that question is that a man like yourself that has gone to the point of anonymizing and keeping your anonymity to the degree you have is obviously not then going to register a business with your real name that's going to be, I am outlaw. That's what I mean. Like, what, Do you know what, what I mean? It's, it just it doesn't seem rational. So I think a lot of the people that are questioning using that as, as a potential base of evidence are maybe... People, people like to feel like they've, you know, uh, found something or whatever, like, or uh, have got the, uh, a different angle on it or whatever. And that's sound, but, you know, uh, yeah, like you say, why, why would I register a business? You know, it doesn't make any money to start with. So. Yeah, I think it's, I can't remember, there's a concept in psychology and it's basically that we, the more, I don't want to say confused, but the more, the less information we have to make an informed decision, uh, the more likely we are to gauge towards the, I don't want to say absurd, but the yeah, more, ex- more extreme, the more novel. 
Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, is it called the Kruger effect? Or the Kruger or no, something? The, the, the Dunning-Kruger effect is sort of about uh, how informed you are on a subject and confidence over time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But so I'm sort of meaning that the, the less informed, almost the opposite, I guess, of the Dunning-Kruger effect in a certain way is that the, the less information that you have on a subject, the more likely you are to keep, I don't want to say grasping, but reaching for answers and then going, well, is that it? Is that it? Is that it? Especially at a time right now with COVID and everything else yeah. where we're, we're quite clearly aware that there's a lot of bullshit going down. There's a yeah, lot yeah. of half-truths, a lot of misinformation, uh, a lot of wool has been pulled over many eyes. Mm-hmm. And yet we're... So you kind of become, I think, to some people, uh, a microcosm, a way in which they can they can focus their energies and kind of go, well, let's reveal this, let's unwrap this mystery. It's a small mystery. It's one person. Who is he? What does he do? What is it? And yeah. so I think that if people that then a lot of your followers are not of that that group of people that I feel come from a very betrayed legacy myself included, yeah. that they've seen four activists. They've seen uh, people dressed in the garb of, of the hero and stand upon the mound and proclaim that we're going to go this way to victory. Yeah. And then they've seen the community collapse. You know, they've seen infiltrators from foreign um, investment vessels. They've seen people from foreign uh, companies come into the UK and promise them the world and, and imprison them. Do you know what I mean? Well, yes. it depends what community in it, because my community doesn't... Uh collapse you know uh instagram can fucking shut me down but uh you know it, it depends what scale uh you're talking so repeat what you just said again there again if you can uh, oh god yeah let's try and get me to remember that put talk about yeah. putting me on the fucking all of that. <laughs> <laughs> i want a word for word go um yeah. no the basically the um i kind of kind of feel that from the f- members of a community that are yeah. Defenders of, of cannabis that were yeah. stood at Parliament that kind of would come from the club scene that come from the the vendor events the that kind of community of people that yeah. st- stood together at Parliament in 2017 and in early 2018 and were yeah. promised you know self identification they were promised the the right to grow their own they were promised a different world and then what came of that was the 2018. Um, prescription cannabis system it, it, it didn't serve their needs it's enriched a handful of people it's exploited them it's left them feeling betrayed and underrepresented so then when they hear your bravado your your you know what i mean it's part, part of part of the character you know what i mean yeah, um, I, I imagine that you take the mask off you're probably quite a, hum, a humble guy yeah, you know? no, sort, of, sort, of, sort of chill i'm not saying yeah, yeah, yeah. not with but again the, the character it's part of the I don't want to say a facade, but the the the, the guys that is made up that then is this is outlaw and it's that's what gets the attention. That's what gets people to go, oh hell yeah, and, and to what support the the movement is that you are sort of terming that evolves from that. You know what I mean? And so I think a lot of these people of the movements they have followed previously have led them to dead ends. They've been well, I mean, time and time again. You can't criticize uh, what you don't understand. You know, in that sense, like. Uh, you, should, you, you should you shouldn't <laughs> or rather we should be made curious anything that yeah, makes yeah. you go mm, there's something not right here if something triggers that horror instinct that belly to go ooh, yeah engage with the well, I, I, what I'm saying is, I, I would anyway balaclava straight away some people might do that anyway you know mine are like if you're in to if you're on the outlaw movement and we're going you know because i'm not just a cannabis activist i'm an activist it's not all cannabis for me uh, some people mm-hmm. are some people aren't they're good to everybody you know but i'd say just stick with me man instead of uh trying to trying to pull me up on company's house you know <laughs> like uh, 
Yeah, like I said, it's just because I haven't, I haven't done anything really that that has. I said I put a fucking my defense out at the start of January, and it did. You know, um, I've said on on everyone asks me for podcasts all the time, man, and I've said I can't. I promised you, you. I spoke to you at the start of Outlaw, probably when no one knew about me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, man, I'll come on your podcast, but I'm already on after I'd done the weed thing. I'm already doing this fucking, you know, Netflix, we'll speak about that in a bit. But, um, yeah, I I said to you that I was going to come on this podcast. uh, And then at some point in our conversations, you know, in the last few few weeks, you must have got me on a good day because I said (laughs) I'll come on before the end of January. But because, you know, because I said that, that, that's what it is, you know. Um, I get some people that say they don't... um, they're not going to use the defense, you know, because they don't believe it or whatever. Like there's thousands of people that message me saying how good it is, you know? So, well, a, a, a good 500. Um, so, you know, say, saying you're not going to use the defense doesn't really matter to me in that way. And uh, that's it's fine, it's, you know? Yeah. It's, I think that's more than evidence of the, so some people, I guess, have spoken as as derogatory as calling you a con man. But then the thing that always struck funny with me with that is conning people into what? Uh, what, what do I take from you? Is like, I don't know. Uh, it's again, it's everything. It's voluntary. If somebody then chooses to buy your merch or to sign up to your patron, it's the same. Like, I mean, I, I have a patron. I wouldn't say that I'm funded by it. it I still have a net loss every month. Uh, but it definitely makes that loss a lot a lot easier to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? To run what I do. And it's yeah. the, the the scale of the stunts that again, I don't know, say stunts, the 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 forms of activism that you engage in, they require good investment. They can require good coordination. It requires money to main to maintain. So then it anyone that wants to have their, their pie and eat it, it has never baked a fucking pie in their life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's, I don't mean to say that uh, derisively of them, but yeah. I think that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the same. I've got people that are then hating on me for this, for saying that I'm egoic for, for what I've done here. And it's like, well, no, I, I've sacrificed many years of my life. I give, I put in a lot of work. I put on many events. I coordinate with a lot of people within the industry in many sectors. And yeah, now I've yeah. kind of gone, if I brand it as the simple life, it means I can sit with people like yourself and I can have musicians, I can have comedians, we can have yeah. politicians, cops, and basically just anybody that is in some way loosely connected or associated to my life that I think will make an interesting conversation rather than getting stuck in this echo chamber of, yeah. of just cannabis because it's it's very hard to follow at the minute. Yes, there are some. There's a good bit of corruption in it. Do not get me wrong. You know, we could talk for twelve hours on the corruption in the prescribed cannabis system alone. You know what I mean? So there are issues with it. But as these models and whatever adapt, they almost we need to see how they fit into the bigger pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the same as I would say for people then kind of getting stuck into well, why is the company's house thing not there? Why is this not there? Is can we weigh it up with maybe a, a bit more of an unbiased mind? And I'm hoping. I mean, I. Okay, Wait, anyone saying anything to you like on the because you've said a simple life and they say trying to say that some ego shit like they've got their own problems that they're probably dealing with anyway so it's 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 easy to go to go hard on them even in your own mind like oh what's this about mm-hmm. but you know pe- people maybe look at you and and want that you know what want to have the knowledge and want to have this and that uh, that they don't have that that they're trying to almost you know see themselves in you. Mm. And I've had I've had people on fucking um can't remember what it was, it was probably fucking Facebook. Uh but there's a guy yeah, and he was saying 
Oh, you're so ego, thinking you're a fucking superhero wearing a balaclava. And I thought, who's this guy? I clicked on this fucking thing, and it literally his logo. He has a fucking cape on. The guy's got the guy's put a cape on his own logo. You know what I mean? So for, for you to say one thing, I, I'm trying. I've never fought superhero in my life, but he said it, it's come out of his mouth. It was on the tip of his tongue, and you know. That's 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 a really interesting point. Um, again, another sort of concept through uh, psych, psychological study suggests that we we people will accuse people of the things that they are either inclined to or they're afraid of. Mm. So thieves see thieves. Do you know what I mean? Pedophiles see pedophiles. So you end up with this whole thing of people that will accuse others of being in pedophiles or whatever. Mm. Or oh, it's in with gay. Even we saw this for a long time of that. They would always say the, the cliche of the young men that protest too much of being about being gay are often then turn out to be closet homosexuals. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and I yeah. think that there is then the same sort of thing. You've just spoke of it perfectly in that cape so that he wants to see himself as that. So I don't know who this person is. I'm just speaking entirely as an armchair psychologist here. Um, but they want to see themselves as that hero, as that person that is able to, in a moment, commit some act, whether it be taking off glasses or revealing their uniform or, or suiting up and, and then becoming powerful and, and dominating and ruling and controlling a situation. Yeah. And so therefore they're going to see others wanting that in the world and assume that everybody wants that. So therefore, so before, you've, you've, you've got to protect your energy in these types of things. You can't let it affect you too much. And like I, like I was saying with that guy, there's another guy that will maybe say, he said somewhat along the lines of you're a coward for hiding your identity. And then he's also a so-called cannabis activist, you know, that I, I've forgotten all, all of the names, but I'll be able to find, I've got all the messages and that, like, it's just a madness. I think, well, how you're hiding your identity, doing your thing and like, good on you, you know, doing your thing, like uh, trying to educate or whatever. You don't need to come and criticize somebody else because, uh, you know, why are you calling me a coward if your if identity is hidden, you know? It's, it's difficult because if even, so, I mean, I, I tried to, I shared a thing the other day, you you reshared it on your story of that I believe the ultimate kind of form of of activism is to live the the life you want others you want want to see in the world. You know what I mean? As Gandhi said, be that be the change, you know what I mean? And so even if I thought you were a coward and I was like, oh why the f- rah, 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 to come at you like that, I think negates the the opportunity for us to ever have a conversation for me to satisfy what is either a curiosity or I don't know. Some maybe a trauma, or there's something else there, psychologically speaking, that is causing a, an issue and anxiety. Something that they are feeling they need to then project onto you, and in some way, I don't know, put the emphasis on re- reveal to me your secrets. Do you know what I mean? You are this anomaly. You are this. So simultaneously, if they then see something and do something you agree with, mm-hmm. you're this. Oh, outlaw, he's mint. He's yeah, he's sweet. He's great. He's this. As soon as you do something you disagree with, oh, he's a dick. He's blah. You become yeah. that 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 talk. Or even that. something they don't understand. It could just be something that they don't understand, and then suddenly, you know, you speak to two more people who are in your same community, maybe that you speak to every week or whatever, and then it just becomes like a kind of snowball of right. Let's look him up on Company's House now. You know, to that point of fucking madness. Yeah, it's and again, it's. It... I, I try to remain objective in this, and obviously, as, as you mentioned before, we've spoken for for quite a long time over yeah. the years with this, um, and plan to do this for quite a long time. And again, I do really appreciate you being a man of your word and sitting down um, oh, b- before before the end of January, you know. And it's so it's difficult. I'm trying to remain objective, but obviously, I've then been privy 
um, again, for uh, what's the word, uh, full disclosure to, to my audience, uh, right. we obviously have spoken quite a lot previously, you know, sometimes for hours at length on, on Zoom in, in same format, obviously, you've remained um, in, in your anonymous state. Uh, but that has given me more insight into you as an individual. So I don't want the reason I'm asking these questions is I don't want to use that base of, inf of informity uh, to then overlook the concerns of other individuals. Do, do you know what I mean? I wanted to make sure that. Well, I have to say specifically on the def this defense thing, uh, you know, that I've put out. And if you believe what I believe, it works. Um, I, sp I specifically didn't tell you what that, what was in that until I released it, you know, and I wanted you to read it with everyone else. And your interpretation of that, I don't know if you're going to cover that later and we get onto that later, but uh, it's the when you read it and you understand it and I, I can't, I can't make everybody understand shit like you, you know, like, like when we're saying about these uh, more negative people, I have to highlight it. So it's probably less than 1% of the fucking shit that I see. Like it, it's, it's always positive. Normally I think Facebook's a bit of a mad place, but you know, other than that, we're fucking, um, we're sweet really. Like I say, it's a, it's a, it's a minor, what everyone, what anyone's thinking really. I know what I'm doing and, um, it's gotta be true to yourself in it. Honesty is the best policy and we'll just fucking move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, as you sort of touched on for a moment there with the defence, so I think it's a good time to sort of go in, go into that. Um, yeah, it's one of the, when you released that, we spoke almost immediately afterwards and I kind of went, I've got this, is this blah, blah, blah? And you went, yeah, 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 we, yeah. And so it's, it, it's a difficult nuance. And I don't know, I suppose, do you want to, do you want to, uh, I don't want to say your piece, but do you want to explain it from, I suppose, the way you're going to explain it? Because it is your defense after yeah. all. I mean, it's like I say, my supporters tend to like the madness, and I like the madness, doing the mad things, and you know, get, uh, you know, the, the defense type of things. Whether people want to read it or not, and that, that's a different thing. But like I say, I'm always there to help people, no matter what stage they're getting involved in it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I suppose it's uh, the cannabis is legal part of it to start with, uh, and then you get onto the defense. I suppose that's the Best way for anyone that's not fucking read it. <laughs> so, how is cannabis legal? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's it's it, sometimes it's easier to, for me to say, well, you know, change my mind. Um, obviously, I know we've explained it. Uh, I've explained it to you before, but if you switch sides for a sec, you know, um, you, you try and convince me that it is illegal. Uh, cannabis is scheduled into the 1971 Misuse of Drugs Act as a Schedule One drug with a Class B penalty for possession, cultivation, and distribution. Yeah. And then, how are you normally prosecuted for cannabis? Is it under that, or is it under the 1971? Yeah, that's the the the, the act I've just read. The 1971 Misuse of Drugs Act. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then 2018 about the medical. Yes, you, then, you know it all better than me all these days. Yeah, so, so yes, in 2018, November 2018, they changed the regulations under the nine, uh, 2001 Misuse of Drugs Regulations, creating Schedule 2 for medic, uh, cannabis-based products for medical consumption, uh, cannabis-based medicinal product for consumption in humans. So that now means that, like, the cannabis isn't illegal. The actual thing isn't illegal, you know, cannabis. It's the circumstance or the way 
in which you're using the potentially controlled substance now. That's what we're left out there, isn't it? So if, okay, so let's role play then. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm a copper walk, walking mm. walking in a room. You're sat there with a piece of flour, cannabis flour in front of you. Well, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I come in and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a drug, son. That's a drug. That's a, as, as per uh, Schedule 1, uh, 1971, Misuse of Drugs Act. Uh, I'm arresting you on suspicion of possession. Well, I would say, based on what I believe, I would say I'm not unlawfully in possession of a controlled substance. Okay, so then in this role play, I suppose the officer would then be like, well, um, how? What do you mean? Can you prove this? Well, can you prove that I am? Oh. <laughs> I don't have the burden of proof here, mate, like, but, you know, carry on. Okay, okay. So immediately there, I suppose we should let's pause the role play for a minute to analyze <laughs> this for the audience here. Uh, this would make a really good infographic if somebody wants to do this on YouTube at some point. Um, well, I'm just kind of saying that to yourself, which it probably will. So something we can do as a project. Yeah, well, well, we'll just stick it on there, yeah, um, yeah, so then at that point, what we're basically stating here is the burden of proof falls on the law. For all that officer has come in, he may be considered by the CPS to be a cannabis expert. I'm air quoting there for my uh, listening only audience because he has previously identified cannabis successfully twice. Yeah. So in his eyes and in his nose and in his right, he's yeah. seen that is cannabis. That, that's an illegal thing. That is enough evidence for me to arrest you, detain you. So then as soon as you state that, the emphasis is then put back hypothetically in the situation on the officer to then but go away. He's in the officer that arrests you is also the expert in the drugs. When it comes to the, the prosecution. So the so in court, they, yeah. get, they get a specialist in, yeah. But uh, no, no, the, right at this, we're the, talking the, point of, you know, having the bud on the table. We can go yeah, on the court. The, yeah, no, the evidence. So I've, I was sat in Crown yeah. recently, and so the yeah. evidence that is presented, the way the CPS presents it, the mm. arresting mm. officer... And their details are then presented as would be the witness drawn in as it being identified as cannabis for the, the initial detention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, that, yeah. yeah, so you have we can prove that as one stage. Then as a secondary stage, they can bring in a accredited cannabis expert witness again. I'm that's what, they need, there. that's what they need to do. Yeah, that's what they have to do to then prove which schedule it is. So this yeah. is I'm currently to not name the individual, but help in, is, yeah, 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 yeah. is helping figure out that difference and nuance right now. Yeah. Because it is that juxtaposition, that paradox between it being Schedule 1 and Schedule 2 under the two different acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you're putting on to the officer the emphasis that they've got to understand which one it is. Yeah, they, yeah. But the issue we, a lot of people are having with this defence is the officer's not accepting that because they don't understand the, the law change. They don't know. That, that, no, that's not the reports but that I'm getting. That's uh, quite a lot of them, I'd say about... <sighs> Six, seven, 60, 70 percent are going to the police station, either getting bail or an immediate no further action. But if they're getting bail, released on bail, they're getting a no further action pretty soon after. Uh, and the other ones are getting acquitted in court. Yeah, but oh. my, sorry, my, my point was there. So if there's any confusion, was that they're still being detained, they're not being yeah. released at point yet. So yeah, it's it's still then having the people get detained for for shouting at a police officer, even though it's not. It's just the the ego side again of the police officer. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they're not going to detain you, like because police are police need educating, and we're we're, we're going to try and work on that this year. But yeah. the main thing for me was just getting a. Um, based on what I believe and based on what other people can believe as well, uh, by saying that defend or by saying that line, um, because it is all backable up, if that's a word, um, you know, it could be backed yeah. up. 
<laughs> it's yes, it's, it's evidenced and provable. So I mean, this is the, uh, the interesting point. So to go back to our role play, yeah. um, so that officer then doesn't know the nuance that there's cannabis. A lot of people are falling with your defense or with this okay. defense, uh, failing because they're then jumping and adding more information. So yeah. instead of what you've then done in our role play, which is state that the burden of proof isn't on you. I mean, some people can, you can state the same as no comment. That is not to be prejudiced and taken against you. If you say no comment to an officer, they're not supposed to take that as an insinuation of guilt. Yeah, no, they're not supposed to. That's the officer, though. But if it gets to court and you've said no comment... And you've got nothing to rely on rely in on. defense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. So this is why the sentence... That's that why all I say is what I need to rely on. Exactly. And these are the, this is the nuance that people need to understand, is that um, people can't come to you or seek this knowledge retrospectively and then go, well, oh, well, I said this and I did this. Yeah, I can't tell someone to say something anyway. You know, I can't say, say this is the police. All I can say is if you believe what I believe based on what I've researched, you can also say this. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, it's, an, it's an active defence, really. Um, and it's, it's valid. And so this is what I think people need to understand in this, this language. I think some people got a bit frustrated by this idea of, what do you mean, belief? Yeah. But then if you sort of, look into the 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 nuance of it a belief is then an understanding through information so if people then look at the information that you've provided that others have provided shout out the the cdr future crew the we the undersigned team uh many other people that have been providing and building this activism over decades um all of that together would give you a point of information that would mean that you believe that this cannabis doesn't meet the scheduling criteria of schedule one misuse of drugs cannabis under the the murder act you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. and so yeah also you can't accept that it's i wouldn't accept that it was necessarily cannabis i'm not going to accept anything from the point of what i've said uh and i'd also say with any document you read online mine included everybody's included uh i I wouldn't challenge the law in court because from from what we've seen and the development of that, when you stop challenging the law, you, it, it, it's more favourable. In, in, entirely. I've, I've sat as Mackenzie friend through magistrates and been a crown, and I've seen the contemptuous way the judiciary and the CPS look mm. at the, the audacity of individuals to challenge the law. And it's, it's not, uh, I think it's Can't called the law as a defence. I think it's called the Col- Colson Protocol. Somebody called me up in that in the comments below. Um, that I think occurred in the 60s. I think I was speaking to some barrister the other week. I was speaking to some barrister the other week, and I think that's what he called it. Um, and it basically states that, yeah, if, as an active defense, you cannot call in to disrepute the law. If you then believe the law to be wrong, you can't then break it as a rebellion against it. You have to then challenge the law through the judiciary. Yeah. But you can't well, do that. Without having any charges outstanding. Yeah, which, which is... The, your own legal action. Yeah, which is then difficult because then somebody like yourself that then comes to this point of belief through sincere informant, like you've gone and sought information and educated yourself and you are sincerely of the belief that that isn't cannabis as they know it to be cannabis and that you are not in possession of an unlawful controlled substance. And I think that... Not unlawfully in possession of a controlled substance. So, which which could be, you know, if you've got a medical prescription... Um, you're not unlawfully in possession of a controlled substance, you know? And if you're in possession of uh, hemp, you're not unlawfully in possession of a controlled substance. Or whatever, like a a pineapple. This is what I'm getting at, like, a a pineapple is going to be seen as illegal. Well, illegal if it had fucking cocaine sprinkled in it. You know what I mean? Cactus plant isn't illegal. 
unless you sprinkle some cocaine on it, then the plant will contain uh, a controlled substance and you'd be yeah. in possession of it. Yeah, it just made me think of this story I saw the other day. Was it 20 tons of coconuts. And what they've done is they've liquefied the cocaine <laughs> and they've injected it into the coconuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're clever, aren't they? Mad man. Prohibition <laughs> breeds yeah. ingenuity. Yeah, prohibition problems, man. All uh, right, so um, where are we looking at some I of these? I can say not, knives aren't illegal. You yeah. know, what you do with a knife is illegal. You know, if, if you're cutting some bread, you're all right. You know, if you bought a knife from from Sainsbury's and had it in your bag, a Sainsbury's bag, that's not illegal. You know, it's, it's circumstantial. It's based on what you accept and not, but not that anyone I don't condone carrying a knife. And, uh, well, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but... yeah we, again, it's, it's it's about sort of the circumstances, as you've sort of stated there. There are, because there are circumstances where you can lawfully possess cannabis, then it's... <laughs> They've got I'll to prove it's that, illegal. Yeah, they've got to then prove that what you were doing in that specific circumstance, right, beyond yeah. reasonable doubt, in a court of law, mm-hmm. if you've then provided your own defense successfully leading up to that point. So it's not a case of throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. The more information you provide under interview, folks, the more they have to build a case against you. Always remember that. Mm-hmm. But, but then always remember that anything you are going to rely on as an active defense, should you move to prosecution, you need to have planted the seeds of. So in, some fit, say in court, they get adverse inference and then pretty much everything you say isn't believed then. They just draw an adverse inference. You didn't say that to the police. You're not using it now. Don't believe him now. It's, it's yeah, yeah. And saturation of defence will make it very difficult for them to accept well, a final defence. You can't give them like six defences and go pick one that works. I mean, I just accept nothing and dispute anything that I'm unsure of. Literally, that's that's what it is. I don't, I'm not, I'm not assisting a prosecution against myself do you get what i'm saying why would i do that it's this weird thing of we're, we're, we're taught seemingly through media. Out of it or whatever. yeah so we're, we're taught seemingly through media that we're we have to incriminate ourselves that we have to yeah. you know purge ourselves before the the judiciary and beg forgiveness of this system and it's it's not i mean as I, I told you privately, I've told this anecdote quite a few times on the podcast before. One of the former head of cops of Durham, when I sat down with him and had a meeting with him, the last thing he said to me was, you know what, there's only one crime in this country, and that's getting caught. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. And yeah. it, it's, it's, you can see. Yeah. I used to work in a theatre, and uh, the, the child... Uh, I can't remember what it's called, CBR check, I think it might be. Mm. I had to get one of them done. I was on the sound. Um, and the C, uh, whatever it's called, CBR check or whatever, the guy came in from the company or whatever, uh, asked me some questions. I answered the questions and that. Uh, and he says, right, yeah, sound, yeah, you've got your fucking thing, it'll be in the post or whatever. Um, and I said, right, yeah, sweet. And he says, yeah, that just means you've not been caught. And I was like, what? I had to go and tell the fucking, I said, whoever this guy you've got in, yeah, he's a fucking weirdo, like, just based on that comment, like, I was not yeah. serious in that type of shit. And he's the guy, he's the guy testing if people get a child, whatever, if they can work in a theatre with fucking kids and, you know, everybody else. Yeah, I mean, it's it could could always be just a dark sense of humour from working in the industry, but at the same yeah, time, but, it's it's yeah. If you saw the guy, and I, he probably said a few more. He, I thought it was weird to start with, but when he said that, he, he said it like you know, fucking mm. like I thought I mean, oh, you can't get away with saying that to many people. Yeah, well, you always got to trust your gut. 
uh, around sort of people and, and yeah, sort of listen to those instincts. Um, and yeah, it's we've seen and we're seeing more and more the, the layers and levels of corruption. I mean, one of the things I did want to uh, ask you about actually was policing. I mean, we've seen recently the Met Police and Partygate and sort of its links to, uh, well, it's alleged links towards uh, organized criminality within various police forces around the UK. And it hints at a collective conspiracy of criminality going back decades across the country. Um, and so this is, you highlight this in sort of a project that you did that I think was maybe misconstrued by some people, um, a police website domain that you established. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, could you tell us a, a bit about that? So yeah, the police website was not a hack. <laughs> and um, I watched a lot of domains. Basically how it started was I wanted the universal credit domain. Um, and But then I started watching quite a lot of them for when they expired and that, and all the best ones weren't really expiring. Um, but the .org, the police in the uh, joining the police .org.uk, that was expiring soon, and I don't know if they uh, didn't want it anymore because they did have the .co.uk anyway. And when you typed in the .org.uk, go back to that one. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what it was. Um, but either way, they might not have wanted it, or I put a what. But these domain providers let you fucking they, they send you enough emails and that. So I just thought it would be funny to take a copy of their website. You know, and put some uh, put some true video on there. You know, um, not necessarily saying that I did it. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's what we'll say on that. But yeah, it wasn't that hot. <laughs> right, no, thanks for clarifying that, man. Um, yeah, because that, that was one of the things I saw. Uh, it was a point of sort of contention, and I think what people need to remember is, especially given I didn't say it was a hot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it was the term you used was, was, was takeover. You took over the domain, which is entirely factual. You waited on a domain, you acquired it. And it's the same as like the Simple Life. I have the simplelife.com and .co.uk. I think I have another one as well, which I just kind of sit on just to kind of stop people getting to, to do adverse things with. Most companies on, online these days will buy up several of the uh, the suffixes, prefix suffix, suffixes of the ends of, uh, of website domains to kind of avoid copycats and, and controversial sort of issues. So I think that, yeah, you highlighted the point and it was a good form of, of activism and it's, but it's going to be dressed to a form of pageantry. And I don't mean that derogatorily. I mean, yeah. in the form that it's an, it's an act to a certain degree, it's still activism, but there's still a form of that that is act, as you say, that you have to, again, as I alluded to earlier, not that it's necessarily the bravado, but you, you amplify the character. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what makes it more entertaining. You know, more, I, I, more... I, I, you know I, I, it's the type of shit I would have done without the ballet on anyway, just for a laugh with my fucking mates. But because I've got the fucking outlaw thing, whatever, you know, movement, you know, mm -hmm. all of that going on. I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'll put outlaw on it. And then it, it it's like with my music now, you know, I've, I'm releasing music on my other on my other side of things, but I'm going to bring that to outlaw as well, you know, because why not? People will want to hear some activism music and that. So, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Well, In interesting, oh. interesting. I mean, I've uh, been thinking for a while, I quite like to do a spoken word piece over some backing tunes. So maybe we could do like a massive little one. intro, little intro one. Yeah, a little little project. I think we can come yeah, to something yeah, like a little radio type style thing at the start. Uh, oh, that's good. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. So I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna catch up with my uh, rather large list over here. We've covered quite a few of the subjects already pretty well. Um, so I suppose 
have you ever been sort of arrested and convicted? I mean, you, you spoke of before a CRB check, so I guess you you part you passed that. Um, but with what, what you must have been, how many times have you been detained doing this? Yeah, well, I was going to say arrested and convicted are obviously a very different things. Different. I mean, I mean, I've, 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 I've been detained for being a dickhead. Like I, I used to do a lot of free climbing, um, you know, parkour, and I used to do well, frankly, a lot of drugs. I used to drink a lot, so I'd, I'd be a pol- very well known to police, but I sit here with no convictions, so. Yes, but diff- different topics, but quite interested in both answers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I've been arrested a lot of times. I've never been convicted, though. Um, so, yeah, that's a good thing. And anyone, in, obviously, involved in outlaw hasn't been, uh, you know, convicted of a, uh, you know, I'm talking photographers and shit like that. Uh, well, not anything directly to do with me, I'm saying. Uh, yeah, nothing, yeah. Nothing to do with outlaw, you know. That's good. That's good. Because I was thinking of that actually, of the with the size of the team that you might have on some of these excursions, should we call them? Um, that yeah, whether any of them have then got because if they can't identify, as we spoke of the Daffy, let's call it the Daffy Duck defense. Yeah. If him, Daffy Duck walks into a bar, sort of defense. Uh, that if you then do that, that they would, couldn't then still go for the driver or go for somebody else on on different sort of grounds, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. You are. It's normally just me and my mates, to be honest yeah. with you. My mate wants the camera for me, and then I, I go out. Uh, I've got a few people that I know, just just keeping an eye on it. But the police aren't going to know about them anyway. Exactly. Uh, and that's just if anything goes a bit fucking whatever. But, so yeah, that that reminds me of uh, something else that I saw. That at first I didn't quite think was linked to you, but then there was a certain few keywords that really jumped out to me. Uh, was it Range Rover, Balaclava, Media Equipment? And I was like. <laughs> That sounds like outlaw. Um, so yeah, can you can you tell us about this madness? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to tell you more than I can. Uh, but the highlights for me are getting a complaint upheld successfully uh, from wearing a balaclava type thing. You know, um, fourteen thousand pounds worth of compensation. Um, that's I've not accepted that, but that's what would be awarded. Um, so it was a fuck up on the police's behalf, but uh, you know it's not like uh, I can't I can't say too much like I say but the, the the main parts were we actually got arrested for public order that's what it was to begin with for ages um, then it got upgraded to terrorism because let's say the team the driver the photographer there's only two people involved uh, both of them didn't give their names basically um, so it got upgraded to terrorism that's when they decided to tell the press uh, and we got the team got released at um, about three o'clock in the morning, um, and the police told the press at about eight o'clock in the morning that it wasn't terrorism related. So that was just a madness. Uh, they could have, you know, put it to ease a lot a lot sooner than that. And then obviously BBC got in contact uh, and they put out the article. You know, musician stops in a whatever they said. Un, uh, illegally by the police or whatever um, so yeah just a madness really like I, like I said I'd love to say more on it but uh, I can't really say too much about that shit well I'll share, share a link to the, the BBC article you referenced and so yeah. there's enough on the public record I think for people to get a good idea yeah, of, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I suppose given that there's still some active nature towards it there are certain exactly. things I suppose you can't really comment Outlaw on. can claim £14,000 for that you know, you know, that's, so it's not one of them things that I'm going to want to uh, risk or, you know, 
So, yeah, I, I'd like to talk more on it, but I can't. No, I get that. I get that. I respect the, you giving us the, the answers that, that you did there. Um, I suppose I wanted to look at the legal claims and stuff that... I have to say as well, you know what happened anyway, like I've told you. Yeah, uh, I know. And obviously, I'm, I'm not really... These type gonna... of things can be used, you know, in the wrong ways by the fucking authority people and that, so we're not... I, I get that. And if you don't want to put it on the record in this in this circumstance, I'm going to respect your privacy and, and not do the same. You know what I mean? It's the same I'll do with any other guest. I'm I'm under several NDAs for various things. I'm under just privacy of for friendship, of, you know, uh, camaraderie within the community. I know a lot more things than I make, I make yeah, public. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's yeah, yeah. that's oh. some, some for the better good of myself and my community, but also I think some for... Uh, yeah, the better good of, of, of others. And that's not to say that I know anybody to be any vicious or dangerous people. That's to say that we're all human and, yeah, man, and we're all in a point of living in a, a kind of, like living out a game we've not chosen to, to play. Do you know what I mean? And so there are certain, even just sentences that can end up in the wrong hands can get you in trouble. So we're in a world where we're forever recorded and documented. And so, yeah, we've got to be It ties on nicely to what I was saying about... Um police CCTV footage, if you're arrested for something and you're going into court, it needs you need to request that footage because they can clip out whatever they want to use. You know, they don't you can stand there in court and say, well, that wasn't the full conversation. The police will say, well, that's not the bit of evidence that I want to submit. You know, if they want to cut out like a certain bit, obviously there's got to be a bit of context involved. Um but yeah, like things things that you say can be used against you in mad in mad ways. But Massive, massively it's something i do worry about with this podcast is it's probably a couple of me it's just in my life in general the past seven years you've probably got tens of thousands of hours of me talking all kinds of shit that at some point probably will come by to bite me on the ass but oh, I, I believe in defensive saturation there's enough there that's going to cause me trouble but there's enough there that'll get me off i just need to figure out how to order it yeah 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 and whereas i think it's exactly what yeah you spoke of before of only really speak of what you rely on in court and that isn't to then say be too much of this kind of hidden and, and obfuscated away from your own community and life and hiding away. You, you, you can live kind of both worlds. Do you know what I mean? You just got to learn to be quite smart with it and know when to be loud and when to be quiet. I mean, yeah, yeah. With your defenses, if people can really get their head around how to nullify effectively a possession charge through belief, mm. then it, it empowers you to be able to then be a bit more bold to then as an individual commit forms of activism of sitting on a park bench and having a joint and engaging with the people who go, oh, and are disgusted. Go, well, why? Do you want to come yeah. up and chat about it? Like, did you know cannabis does this? Did you know this? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Being a, a champion for, for for the cause in that way, you know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's about empowering people uh, in, in a certain way to uh, not be mad. You know, you don't have to do anything that you see anyone else doing. Uh, it's just about a little bit about protect yourself, in it, you know? Um, just it, it, someone said be a master in the laws you're going to break now I, i'm not saying anyone's breaking any laws but you should be really you know yeah i think it was yeah it was uh... and especially with the acquittals like there were acquittals for a lot of stuff there were acquittals for you know things that there shouldn't be acquittals for like the the murders and the rapes man that like, you shouldn't be getting acquittals so why not use some um the starting points of what any good solicitor would do, you know, did you read me my rights, that type of stuff, or cannabis offences. It seems the cannabis, it's just, they try and 
funnel you down and accept this, accept this, accept, instead of, you know, using the, the starting defences of criminal liability, you know, uh, yeah, my rights and can he prove in court that he even did. Yeah, ex exactly that. I mean, there's so many nuances um, and different checkpoints, I suppose, before you would arrive at a point of facing potential prosecution for an offence that the layman, the average individual, is just not informed of. Yeah. We're, not, we're not privy to these £200 uh, an email conversations or these £500 a, an hour conversations. You know, the, the networks that have been built, I think for all intents and purposes, the privatisation or the, uh, the commodification of the judiciary system, as in solicitors, barristers, etc., has meant that justice, echo and justice for the average person, is out of reach. They simply can't afford access to it. So yeah. they, they think their best hope is I'm caught, yeah. I need to now get the less as possible. They don't even think about defending it. They go, yeah. shit, if I admit I'm bad and I'm sorry immediately, yeah. maybe they'll they'll go light on me. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've said. People at the point of the police, um, you know, saying, that, claiming that your substance is whatever they believe it to be, uh, they're already going into mitigation, you know, saying, oh, well, it's, it's for medical conditions. Have you got a prescription? If the police even know you, that there's such things as prescriptions. So people mitigate themselves. Um, obviously, like I keep saying, I can't tell you what to say. I keep fucking up in this. If there's a few cuts, it's just because I keep saying the wrong thing. But you, you get the grasp of what I'm saying. Uh, people mitigate themselves at the point of the police contact. You know, uh, they, they, do, they, they don't say, well, you know, prove that it is unlawful, I'm unlawfully in possession of a controlled substance. They say more along the lines of, uh, you know, oh, it's my friends or... Uh, I've got medical conditions or I've got a prescription. And then you might be at the point where the policeman says, well, the police might know or not know about prescriptions. And if he does, then it's going to be, well, can I see a prescription and all this stuff? In, in every case, um, if you believe what I believe, saying um, I'm not unlawfully in possession of a controlled substance, that makes it hard to even prove that you were. And, like some people say, the best way to explain it is by to see it in action. And I've been doing a lot of recording in Manchester um, with the police, uh, just literally showing them stuff. You'll be able to see it on the fucking, on the YouTube, but showing them stuff and saying what I tell people to say and doing it with a few officers to the point where they're not even, they're just like, oh, you know, fuck off. Like they know that... Police aren't, re in, in general, you know, they are bothered about weed because they kind of have to be. Some aren't and they still are. Some some let you away with stuff. There's like a, a, a lot of different police. But um, when they know from the start of it that they're really not going to get a prosecution, you're not stabbing their ego because you're arguing with them and saying, look, you're saying a quite a simple sentence. Uh, if they don't understand what's going, the sergeant can come out and hopefully, hopefully the sergeant will know what's going on. Uh, if not, you might get arrested. You know, the, the law hasn't changed. There's just a way to not be uh, prosecuted uh, based on the facts that the government have given us, not not any other science or just the, the government facts, um, at the status of cannabis. Like I said, you can wear a hemp uh, T-shirt, you know, so that is cannabis. So the T-shirt isn't illegal. Yeah, there's there's so many other things that could be ascribed to be cannabis that yeah. are not scheduled. 
So then it falls into a nuanced conversation about the compounds within it. But if then you retain your defense as only stating that you are not unlawfully in possession of a, a scheduled uh, controlled oh. substance, sorry, um, the yeah, they can't really prove. Otherwise, it becomes incredibly difficult to do so. And then it becomes a based point on what of, you say. Like the def the defense isn't even you know um, I'm in possession of CBD or you know or it doesn't contain this. You don't. No, you don't you, you give them anything that they prove. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, so, but that's very hard because what happens there is people then are going to get nervous. People are going to get scared. That cop's then going to go, oh, well, this young man and he's talking, he's, he's not even talking shit. He's just, he said this thing and, but it's this thing and it goes back in the desk sergeant goes, well, actually there's, there's jack shit really we can do here. Go press him, go go interview him, go, you know, rile him up, go take his socks, you know, go do, go do something to provoke a response that he's going to say something that we can then prove and disprove, you know what and I mean? Not, and that's the all, thing. Oh, please, sir. I like that, but there are a lot of police like that, and that's for, for the record. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will. Yeah, agree there. That no, yeah, not all cops. That kind of sounds. That sounds very like all. Not all men. Uh, yeah, as, as, a, as a response culturally, but yeah, it's um. We'll go with. We'll go with. There's a lot of police like that, but you know, we're not saying all police are like that. Uh, but you know, yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, so it's, 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 it's yeah, fair comment, fair comment. I agree with, um, but to, regardless of whatever situation that that individual, I'm only, I'm, I'm mainly saying that as well because the people that we've helped and the people that have, um, you know, who've been acquitted or who've received a no further action, both of them are wins to me, basically. Um, but out of those people, not it's not been really that bad, you know, uh, it's not been that bad for the, the situation, it's not been crazy, they've not tried to take the phone or seize the fuck or to, you know to stop the bank or some shit it's, it is based on the people who do it correctly and it, it's not about arguing with the police in them situations like if you want to do that go, like go into town like what i've been doing with fucking knowing where you're at and you know go and argue with them that way yeah. don't do it when they think they've got the upper hand or when you're under caution because you know in in the street you're not under caution you can say what you want to them and that but when anything that you say is going to be used against you and you, you must say what you're going to rely on in court you don't have to but if you do say it in court that it's not going to be accepted so there's no point saying it you know yeah, uh, it's, it's going to reflect quite negatively as we sort of spoke of earlier yeah so yeah. I, there's different attitudes you've got to have with the police depending on your your, your circumstance in it you know, I, was, I was gonna say not, it's... not condoning drink driving either but if you have you're not you're probably better off not arguing with them and just you know uh, not accepting anything, definitely not, uh, if you haven't been drink driving, but, uh, you know, or under the influence or whatever it is, you're better yeah. off not fucking arguing with them but, uh, when they can use what you're going to, if after the point of, of being arrested, I mean. Yeah, yeah we, it's always this thing, of, we're almost indoctrinated through uh, modern media, TV shows, film, etc., to, to 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 give a mitigation in in evidence, yeah. you know what I mean. While, sort of while we're sat in interview, sorry, and it is this weird thing because you see it constantly, and, and it is it's 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 mental to go. Well, no, you, <clears throat> you they you know everything, and your brain goes to oh my god, they're gonna find all this stuff and all this and put all this together, and you're like no, that they're one person that this is the first interaction they've ever had with you. They have whatever they have to their immediacy to be able yeah. to prove whatever they currently have. As you said, the less they have, the harder it is. Yeah. But the more you give them through trying to mitigate and go, oh, this and this, and you create this, these tapestries of lies 
as soon as you're lying to them, you lose credibility. You lose credibility. Your defense loses credibility. Defense as, soon loses as, credibility. as soon as they can prove that you're lying to them, you know. Yeah, ex- exactly that. And so yeah. the less you can provide is is was sort of, uh, I yeah. guess, um, embodied in the anecdote you told before of the the interaction with the sort of the terrorism charges. But when I've been chatting to police, they can't tell me why cannabis is illegal by the end of the conversation. They can't tell me why it's illegal. Some of them have been actually educated, you know. Um, and and it is, it, a lot of police will say at some point for these cannabis ones, they'll say, well, you do understand or somewhat along them lines of you do understand that it's illegal or whatever it is. Uh, and once you accept it, it's hard. It's hard to go back on that. Exactly that. The, the structure of arrest of detainment of prosecution all of it as we said in tandem with that media kind of indoctrination makes it most people think as soon as the handcuffs are on they're done Mm. that that it's almost like it's over it's all over and they're thinking of every crime they've ever done and every bad thing every sin every morally questionable and ethical um you know action they've ever committed in their life and like you said it's then they only know what they know in front of them and what you've already provided if you're going to remain calm and again it's 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 difficult because i know a lot of even accepting it where sorry to cut you off again uh i I just can't remember what i would have said (laughs) Um, but there's certain points with accepting where they can't proceed with the next step and that's quite an important part i wanted to focus on um the accepting it part is everything. Um, and I'm not telling you not to accept it. I'm, I'm, I'm saying don't accept things that you can't be sure of. That's what that's what any good solicitor will tell you to do. Dispute things that you can't be sure of and don't accept it because once you have, it's like a hard, it's like a slippery slope to climb. You get, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of like locks, like water locks. You know, for yeah. boats, the once you go in and it's up, you, you, you can't really get back down. That you've it's yeah, yeah. The, the level things locked behind you. And without each level, you can't get, you can't skip to the fifth level. You know what I mean? Exactly that. So this is, this is accept that, and then accept that, and then they get the forensic or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But you can't skip these levels of you know uh, accepting it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and so this is sort of empowering. The common man. So I suppose this this comes on uh, quite beautifully to the prosecution services and the, the legal aid, as we were speaking of before. You've published yeah. some some figures uh, which are available on your social media, which we'll link to below in the bio. Um, I just wondered if you could sort of elaborate on them a bit further. Yeah, I mean, uh, a prosecution service is... Uh, outlaw prosecution service and outlaw legal aid are two different things for anyone who don't know. Um, the prosecution service is suing the police so um, there's a lot of requests for that, but it doesn't really cost that much money because well, it don't cost anything because the solicitors who we use, uh, they agree to a, a percentage or whatever they're going to get for the way that they're going to do. I don't see any of that. It's just a discussion between the client and, you know, the solicitor. Uh, and I think uh, the kind of focus on the video footage ones at the moment, uh, I'm trying to work on, you know, getting anywhere because a lot of people don't have video footage but uh you know i'm not mad fully in control of it all you know i've left a few people to to get on with what i'm trusting them with um but obviously you know so the the prosecution service isn't really what i want it to be yet um to be honest with you uh it's great that people are uploading footage and uh suing the police successfully but also a lot of people, you know, that they've not got the footage and they're uploading and kind of a lot of people that are working with it at the moment 
aren't doing it without the footage for whatever reason. Maybe it's the price we've negotiated. I don't know. But um, so, yeah, prosecution services, you know, it's there and it's it's good if you've I'd, I'd recommend recording the police anyway, to be fair. I should have said that some point in this interview. Record the police all the time, man. Like, um, very important that because you, you might have ever you might forget shit in the heat of the moment. I've done that recording the police and arguing with them. And I think, yo, check what he's fucking said at this point. You know, them ones. Um, so yeah, that's the prosecution service. Um, it's good if you got footage, uh, and probably someone will re- represent you. Uh, it doesn't cost me anything, which is great. Uh, and yeah, that's how that is. But the, the thing I'm most proud of is the legal aid, um, which is basically, I, I only have one solicitor that I really trust, um, but he obviously works with a load of solicitors. Um, so, you know, loads of people can, can be appointed for, for loads of different people, but um, I've helped, well, I've paid for the services, which has helped and acquitted or no further action, about 200 people now. Uh, so that's what I'm really proud of. But I have to say there's been like about 5,000 requests of people who haven't had help yet because literally it costs a lot of money. Um, and it's not something, I'm proud of it legally, but it's not something I want to do forever. Uh, because it costs so much and all I want to do is get as many uh, acquittals or no further actions uh, as we can uh, and then start appealing some stuff and get a precedent that everyone can use without me needing to, you know, pay for a solicitor. I don't want to be lying in the pockets of solicitors. Uh, But at the moment, for me to help as many people as I want to help, I've got to, you know, I I wouldn't be able to do it all myself, man. um, So that's where we're at there, like... uh, like, it's like that sorry poster put out, man. Like, I feel bad for people that, you know, maybe apply for the help and don't get it, but it's a tight budget. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of money, but it's still tight for 5,000 people. That's that's crazy money for, for representation. But hopefully I'm doing what I can for those people anyway by getting, well, trying to get these precedents this year um, and giving them, you know, not whacking my defence in a book or anything, you know, putting it out there and see how you defend the the possession of cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I just need to make a note of something that just reminded me of. Um, so, it, it is, so it's an interesting point where it's, it's language, it's nuanced. So I think it's almost, there's, a, tri- there's, a, there's, there's a trifecta of approach here. Yeah. Uh, so it feels like the the legal aid is then get, gathering enough acquittals or no further actions or ideally, but yeah, a, a full a full acquittal is basically you've gone through the ringer and the system's gone. No, you're right. The law's wrong, but you're you're right and you're fine. That's, you don't that's, necessarily have to go to court as well. Quite a lot of them are in court, but some of them they do get them. You know, without going to court, they, they bring the solicitor. So yeah. with the police, they, they go when you're being interviewed based on what you said. They, they will nine times out of ten just ring someone, you know, CPS type thing, uh, get onto the CPS, and the CPS will know, right, is that all he said? You know, well, that's yeah. that's how the no further actions are coming now when you don't say anything apart from what you believe, you know, it to be. Yeah. And what you would require uh, later on should they seek prosecution. I mean, it's so limited with, with COVID regulations and restrictions and with the backlog. I mean, I read last... Oh my God, see how fast things are moving. Uh, March last year, there was 450,000 backlogged cases uh, in UK courts. That's only going to have increased and got worse because you know what they're still doing? Arresting all the people smoking weed. And it's going to get even more clogged if no one's accepting anything. 
Exactly that. And if they're the one to seek it, I mean, it then falls back to this kind of postcode lottery, the 43 constabularies and how hard they want to go. Cause about 10 of them have got a checkpoint diversion scheme and nine times out of 10, if they, if you admit guilt their way, they'll only give you, it's not, they consider it an out of court action, but it does on an advanced CRB check count as a um, conviction. So you won't be said that you won't be told that it's a conviction, but it can still hamper you further on down the line. Um, so it's it's a case of whether you want to accept guilt or whether you want to challenge it. And if you then want to challenge it, the challenge is not to challenge the law, which is the instinctive thing to do. And I can feel you out there, guys. I can feel you all being like, well, no. But it is, that's the activism in this sense is that do that do that in a do that in your own court case like yeah build the evidence yeah, do do that after the fact to sell what you did to get out of that if we nullify it we can still have an attack dog running around the yard all we're trying to do here is file down its teeth we can't get rid of the dog yet we can't petition the owner to change the rules of the yard and get rid of the dog yeah. but we we can stop him from fucking biting us. And the way we do that is exactly that. You go back to, I don't know, about, I'm speaking of my own class and my own sort of upbringing is the cops were kind of the enemy. You say it as little as possible. You know what I mean? That was how I was raised from a young and it was the weird paradox of people that I, I kind of spent my life with now that were raised to the police are the guys you ring if you have an, an emergency. It's like, yeah, but no, still, they're not. They're the guys that caused the emergency. So yeah, it's like, not a spotlight. Uh, emergencies aren't really solved these days. I don't think personally, I, and I can say this, I don't think they do much for the, uh, you know, emergency solving it seems a lot of fucking bullshit it's stage management it's the illusion of safety as tyler durden points out in fight club you know what i mean that it it is this this structure of pageantry that we then go and work through this performative piece of going well we're all playing our part and our guys and it's like well well, this keeps us it's like no you're all just part of a a larger game do you know what i mean it's whether you're being conscious to that and knowing that actually all right if i know i know this i've looked at the law and I've come to this belief that cannabis, as I know it, that I have it, if I even want to call it that, in the presence of the police. Yeah, exactly. This this plant, this thing, that whatever it, you choose to define it as, as long as, yeah, it's it's, it's not disingenuous. Oh, you're, not, li- you're not lying to yourself. You're not misrepresenting the truth necessarily at all. Yeah, that yeah. is not the arena to yeah. die on a hill because the more... Yeah evidence you give them the deeper under that hill they're going to fucking bury you so you you're have not, to learn the subtlety and soft touch yeah 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 you're not even telling them that the plant is not a controlled substance you're yeah. not even saying you're not even you're saying you're not unlawfully in possession of a so it can go a load of different ways so i suppose it, that's why i chose that another reason why i chose that to be the wording of it because it does apply to everybody you know the uh prescription people the, the, the medical people who haven't got a prescription who can't afford one and all that shit you know there's loads of different categories of people that it, that it applies for not you're not saying that it's not a controlled substance even though you wouldn't say it was uh necessarily hypothetically um <laughs> it's a fun game having to uh Speak this legalese. I mean, obviously, the the actors on the other side of the stage, because ultimately we are in this pageantry. They're well rehearsed. They're well versed in their lines. They know this game. We're very new to this. All of a sudden, what I really appreciate about your work and the thing I think we agree with quite uh, strongest on this is the nuance of language, and it's something I've championed for a long time. Is that if we don't own our language, if we don't understand it and understand the, for lack of better wording, the spells that it casts. Sure. then we're going to be hypnotized and, and 
Pied Piped by their narrative, by their story. And it's one of the things I appreciate that underlies, I think, quite a lot of your other work is you, you're questioning government, you're questioning intention. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? And I think that a lot of activists yeah. that are then focused on cannabis get solely, myself included, I suppose, for quite a period of time, stuck down in the nuance and the politics and the the vastness of, of cannabis as, as an activism scene. I mean, that's where it stems from, doesn't it? The government, they're the, they're the um, what do you say, imposers, upholders, whatever you want to call it, uh, of this fucking pantomime misusage yeah. of that, the, you know, court system, the guy with the wig and he's waiting backstage and it comes on, you know, it's, a, it's yeah. a, I used to work in a theatre as well and it's like, fucking hell, like, I can see how it's just all playing out. You go into the court and the sets held onto the court, you know, like, yeah. all the woodwork in that it just looks like an office room when you're waiting it's a madness like people are um understandably uh tricked by the illusion of the um i don't i mean yeah man let's carry on <laughs> yeah so it's 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 an interesting situation that we find ourselves in and there are pockets of activism within not just the uk but any region and territory in the world that have gone all right Let's go attack the politics. Then there's a bunch of people that have gone, let's go, I'm speaking metaphorically here, not physically attacking. Um, so fi- finding ways to find weak, weak points in legislation, in uh, you know, lobbying governments and politicians trying to change the legislation. Yeah. In the same way, there are other entities that are then going, okay, let's try and nullify the police and, and look at fallibility in the law and ways to nullify charges and to protect people uh, from a grassroots point. Yeah. And there are others that have just gone, well, let's just build it anyway. Let's just do it. There's there's coffee shops, there's clubs, there's all kinds of organizations, events, and kind of uh, gatherings in this country that are considered, well, highly criminalized, but they are highly civilized, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's an interesting thing that... Mm. the. step careful, man. Like, uh, yeah, like, people are on some mad shit. <laughs> I'm talking that higher up, you know, past government and... Uh, yeah, it's like a, we can get deep here, can't we? <laughs> There's nothing, Gria. We could do some. I mean, we, I'm probably gonna try and start, probably start bugging you tomorrow to book you for the next one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but de- there's definitely a whole narrative that we could go down there of these organizations. I mean, there's a really interesting video, and if you want to check out guys, Navarra Media did uh, a deep dive into Met Corruption recently, and they talk about Freemason links of the police and systemic corruption. It's uh, quite interesting for something that for, I suppose, legal reasons and personal protection reasons, since I'm not wearing a balaclava, we're not going to discuss over the next hour. Um, But yeah, go go deep dive into that, folks. That's an interesting thing to look. I might share the link, actually, in, um, in the bio below. But I suppose this brings me on to um, another point that I wanted to discuss, which is some people say, obviously, there is a a connection between sort of poverty as a tool or a weapon of of the elite. Uh, So universal credit, when that came to an end, um, I saw you did a universal discredit. You went and put up a one of those street street signs you modified. I said, I think I said uh, universal criminals, I said. Nice, nice. Yeah, universal criminals, man, like, taking that for at the worst time. You need to, if, if you're not seeing the video, the video does it uh, better explanation than what I'm going to do. But the, the articles of uh, news clips that I collected, man, like, so many people were, like, affected just by this, like, you know, quite a, a small amount to some people, uh, but it's massive amounts to people with kids and that. It's just fucking peak, man. Uh, 
So yeah, like you say, I gave out some money, but I, I gave out five thousand pounds. That's like twenty quid to two hundred and fifty people, uh, and there's thousands of people affected by it. I'm just, I'm kind of highlighting it without doing nothing, you know, and and doing what I can. Uh, you know, that's that's all I can do really. You know, um, I, I gave out more than five thousand pounds because obviously when the video came on, a few more people messaged me and that, and the ones that I've seen, I've, I've sent to. Um, but you know, it's I'm not a, I'm not a government department. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, this is what these guys should be doing, man. But fucking, they don't. So you know, like the, highlight it and you know, give give some money back and hope that it helps. It they've been caught. I think it's twenty quid a week. And I gave them, you know, a single twenty pound. Like every, everyone was grateful. Everyone was mad grateful, and that just shows you how fucking little respect uh, the government has for the people. Uh, yeah. In my opinion, like, uh, yeah, like the government d- doesn't like you. The government hates you, isn't it? Like fucking yeah, man. Or a lot, of, a lot of people anyway. Uh, it, it was, yeah, it's, it's a very small club uh, of those same elites and without going into, again, too much of a deep dive, maybe corrupt elements, the people that shake funny hands at various levels of institutions of industries within this country that have created a small cabal of people that are like vampires, the energy vampires, the asset vampires, the financial vampires, they're just sucking the life force out of this country, creating a, a fiefdom onto themselves, you know, a space that is their own personal kingdom and we become the serfdom we become servants to them yeah. and um yeah i think a lot of the work that you do highlights that whether it be this handing out money uh, to homeless uh, individuals i think again it is very a direct a, a direct hand to the individuals in the same way that you did with the toiletries to the people during covid is you do a lot of work to highlight sort of structural inequalities um, and a lot of the videos you make really draw attention to these things, but still the direct, as you said, that £20 into somebody that lost £20, yeah. you, you've at least for a week meant that they were where they were. You know, that £10 to that guy in the street means that he's not going to have to go maybe, I don't know, find a fix, find a drink, find some food, like have to find money for those things rather. You know what I mean? You can make make a choice at least for that moment. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's for all, it's not... A permanent action it's it's a, it's a gesture that is supposed to inspire others and i think that's what people forget with activism is it's not just oh he's outlaws got it i can sit on that and everyone's it's fine as you said before you can you can help 250 people directly with 20 quid but that's still only 250 people that's that's like a bus do you know it's a double deck i don't actually don't know how the capacity is maybe two double decker buses i don't you can tell i've never been a bus conductor um but it's 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 a large number of people but in the percentage of people as you said of the millions of people that have been affected by it and so that is hopefully then for others to then look at it instead of them wasting i don't want to say wasting time everyone is everyone's prerogative to do whatever the hell they want with this life and all all power to you and and, and bless you you're welcome to it but I, I then feel that somebody then looks at the work of, I don't know, UI, anybody that's doing something in the public sphere toward uh, the end goal of inspiring others or motivating them to, in their own way, not copy or emulate, or maybe emulate to a certain and lesser degree, but mainly be motivated and inspired to find their own way of, of helping. And if everyone helped four or five people around them, there'd be, there'd be fuck all to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But if everyone's waiting on a messiah in a mask, you know, to turn up and, and resolve this, then they're going to be sorely disappointed because you, you are not a superhero. You are not Superman. You, 
for all um, I joked about the V for Vendetta putting everyone in a balaclava, even if we did that, we're still not going to quite get there. So I think the the but idea. I'm like everyone else, man. I, I'm limited by my money. You know, whatever whatever sales on the beats that I've had, and you know, that's that limits what I can do uh, yeah. completely. You know, um, you get people saying, you know, mainly on Facebook again, man. But fucking the homeless stuff, you know. Uh, give them food instead of money. Uh, I, I, I don't know about any of that. We'll get on to that anyway. But in that, in that sense, give, give them fucking options. And you know what the best thing you give them is a fucking look in the eye and, and say a word. On a chat. On, 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 you say, humanize. Remember, they're a fucking... But don't, don't put your privilege, your fucking idea of, of moralizing it onto this individual. Remember that they're you, but for circumstance. You, but yeah, for yeah. birth. You, yeah. but for economics. And when you see that, you can then ask them, do you want some drugs? Do you want some money for drugs? Do you want to drink? Do you want some food? No, buy drugs. Yeah, ex- exactly that. Whether it's caffeine, whether it's sugar, whether it's fatty foods, we're all engaged in some addiction cycle of something something else. And to moralize that over somebody else and to create a hierarchy based on this four position and justification of legality using yeah. these Misuse of Drugs Act. I'm sorry, you're on the wrong side of history. You're on the wrong side of morality and decency. To question, You need to question yourself. Yeah. You've got a beer in one hand and a tab in the other, and you're going these dirty potheads, you know, these guys are smackheads, these, these crackheads. If you're literally spousing this hate speech, you've really disc you're losing your humanity, man. You need to sit down and have a quiet word with yourself. Yeah. We're all victims of the same game. There is one oppressor to this, and it is an elite ruling cabal that we've alluded to in this conversation. That again, for I suppose personal safety reasons, we'll uh we'll leave it that you know for now <laughs> yeah. that with the homeless man like like you say people have opinions and all that but you're on the wrong side of the uh i think you're on the wrong side of the thing if you're saying stuff like that uh like i say i give away to homeless all the time like when i'm going to the shop when i'm fucking walking home you know uh, anytime anytime i see homeless i give to the homeless i i, I make these videos genuinely to inspire some people so they see me giving away a load of notes tens and twenties you think right do you know what i'll give my three quid some people might look at three quid before that and think ah, i'll give them a quid you know give them give them what you can in it really uh I, I just do the bit yeah i don't want to spam people with the like i say i'm an activist you don't want to spam people with i could record homeless every single time i give out to homeless and you know it, there'd be a lot of fucking content but I don't do that. I, 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 it's the part. I think the point is, and I think a lot of people get it that it's, it's as we said before, it's to motivate and inspire others to do the same. I mean, the thing that really got me for a while, I suffered with, uh, is a point of I guess vulnerability for for all you fine folks at home. I suffered for quite a while with this kind of sense of shame of seeing homeless people have not quite known how to engage with them, mm-hmm. and it wasn't really until I was uh, I was at a music night in the Vox, pick up the Vox in Brighton uh, on the coast front. Yeah. And I, I'd eaten uh, some particular uh, slightly larger than Tic Tac looking things and was in a very jovial, dancey mood yeah. and kind of danced myself out out, out the door. Yeah. I was, and yeah, kind of found myself waiting for first train back at around uh, half five, six, it was probably later than that, actually, around six, uh, six, seven o'clock back into London and then worked my way back north. And I basically wandered around with a pocket full of money and, and some, some weed and, and was just in such a like, ah. and I, everybody I saw that was out, as in out on the session, intimidated me. But everyone that was stupid, everyone that was chilling was the homeless and they were, were a different kind of comfortability. And instantly I kind of vibed with them. And I just, 
I kind of went round and just went, well, I've got this extra money that I don't need for the night. I'm literally going to get on a train in two hours. Five hours later, I'm going to be home in my bed. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, I'm going, oh, I'm, I've got a bit of munch. So I'm going to go, I'll go get a drink from this place. Someone's outside. What do you want, dude? Do you want a subway? All right, so we'll get subway. What do you want in subway? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then just sit and like knock a bit of spliff with them and literally be like gurning in my face or chatting shit. And it's the trade. I'll trade you a sandwich and you give me some of your life story. I'll give you some of mine. We'll, we'll, we'll just be two dudes sat on the thing. It doesn't, our home status is irrelevant at that point. We're two people that are listening to each other, looking in each other's eyes hearing each other out and responding to each other on that reciprocal level. And that is far more valuable than any note you could give them because they're going to find that money anyway. They're going to live regardless. The human spirit. Well, you're going to get the drugs regardless. You know, everyone can say everything, but it's the, like, I don't put any of that in the videos, but every guy, every person I speak to, when, like I'm with them for at least 20 minutes. Uh, and the ones where I'm booking them into hotels, I'm with them for even longer, man. Like I spend fucking ages with them. And like, the, um, like we're saying, they are not, but like you know, I'm in as a collective term, not yeah, as a disparaging term. humans, like just like anybody, like literally any anybody can be unfortunate enough to be in any position. Um, and like I say with the videos, I don't want to spam people with it, and uh, but I'll put it on uh, quite. Uh, I, I want to make sure that there's something for people to see to be inspired by because if people didn't message me or comment saying, you know, oh, it's inspired me to do this, and do that, I'd probably stop doing it as much but because people genuinely message me saying you know it's, it's inspired me to do this or this or that it just makes fucking makes sense to every so often just record like what but i give away loads to homeless i just don't record it all the time and, well uh, i think i think it's good when you do it as the center i think it kind of reminds at that time of year for people when they're of generosity and like gifting spirit that there are more people than in their immediacy there are more people in their family and their loved ones there are other humans that deserve uh, to, you know to be i was gonna say a, <laughs> i was gonna be say a, a victim to their joy and generosity but that is the weirdest phrasing my brain has ever thrown out there um to you know to be uh, i can't actually word it i don't know what i'm looking for there yeah victim to joy be take my joy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's. I mean, they are they are a victim of the system, aren't they? You know. In, in, indeed, indeed. I think that's maybe where my brain was stuck with the term <laughs> of a victim in that sense. Yeah. So, um, I think we've covered most projects that I'm actually working on. It's going to be out by summer. Uh, it begin it begins with H. So uh, look out for that. I can't I can't say the name <laughs> of something, but it's a it's a project for the homeless. Um and it's for permanent housing and it's literally everything for you know a few homeless people uh and we're going to document it and really show how someone can turn around with just a little bit of you know support and financial help and education the you know the slightest bits of whatever they want to do and um i think that's going to be really you know powerful for someone anyone in the government to see that and and think well fucking hell we spent trillions on apps that don't exist and this and that but uh it'll be a good argument point because it's it's not it is it is a lot of money but in the grand scheme of things what the government have got it's not a lot of money you know to pay someone's rent for six months get them a dress get them on universal credit because you know other people aren't homeless people can't because they've not got an address then they've not got a bank and all this madness so get them an address, get them a bank, get them on universal credit, get them a bit of education, get them a, a job, whatever job that, you know, they're passionate about or mm-hmm. uh, a way to 
carry on funding, being part of, you know, if they want to do that, you know, I'm not forcing anyone to do anything, but um, I think a lot of people are, like I said, victims of the system and the system isn't really there for people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, I've, I've been arguing for people for quite a while that I think, for example, the NHS should grow weed. Yeah, I think yeah. it, should, it should grow a pharmaceutical grade, GMP, highest quality cannabis in the world. And yeah. if you want to use whatever you want to prescribe, prescribe. But the rest of it, you sell to the Rus lot and we can do what we want with it as adult consumers. And you use all of that money and you fund it back in. And yeah. as part of that, we would recognize that uh, home, <laughs> homelessness is not necessarily a failing at all of the individual. It is a failing of the establishment to understand the needs yeah, of, that, of that individual. Mm. So once we could then create space within the health service to have a department of prophylactic you know preventative medicine that isn't just based on uh, a corrupt supplement or holistics market you know i'm just going to park that as a generalized thing over there <laughs> yeah. we'll maybe come back to that later in the comments if somebody wants to later i know what i'm saying but i'm it's a lot to elaborate i'm not being negative in my connotation there i just mean in terms of there are elements of it that have been corrupted um yeah. so yeah if, if then part of the nhs or the government had this agency or entity that was there for prophylactic around mental health so a lot of people end up in homelessness due to um loss of a job breakdown of a relationship you know these things are then often contingent around uh, a dip in mental health or physical health yeah. or in a, a sudden change of circumstance well just yeah but that's what i was going to say relationships man like quite a lot of people i speak to it's literally just a relationship thing you know uh and they, they sometimes they've been homeless for two weeks and they're hoping that they won't be the next week like it, it, some some of these people haven't been just on the street for all the time, but like people say, you know, going straight into the pockets of all this shit, and like it just don't make sense because people don't those types of people don't go around and talk to the homeless and uh, or the the rough sleepers who aren't actually homeless because they have a home according to you know anybody else, but according to them, you know, they're homeless because they're they're sofa surfing and you know it's not. Uh, Somewhat for a place like England, it's not right, really. That's that's all it is. If we weren't in England, maybe you know there'd be other problems to it. But we're we're in a quite a rich fucking country. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's not homelessness and destitution in the extremity of the developing nation, but it is then a preference to not be in a destructive or negative, potentially violent or volatile situation. So to yeah. be in a family home that's you know, uh, breaking down through divorce, it's then aggressive and violent, you know, a young person may choose to not avoid that situation, you know what I mean? I ended up sofa surfing for a while, but then lost my uh, main stay location. And then for a while, it was it was touch and go, you know, I spent a few nights in, in doorways and yeah. had, to, had to learn some 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 tricks to then actually what I was doing was just staying awake during the night yeah. and finding spots to cabbage out during the day. But it just, it then your whole life, you can see that, how life breaks down without the smallest parts of support. And it's actually not even often financial. Like I said, it's compassion that if you then kick a man when he's down, he goes, he goes further down. It's harder for him to get up mm -hmm. a human in general. Do you know what I mean? It's, so it's once you can change that attitude, I think the same is true of, of, of cannabis and a lot of the other injustice campaigns that you kind of uh, work on, which, which brings me to another point that I really wanted to make sure we, uh, we, we get in this recording was your thoughts around a defense um, <clears throat> for the allegation of driving under the influence of cannabis? Yeah, so driving under the influence of cannabis is a tricky one because obviously it depends on your circumstances because I think everybody who's been through that knows uh, that 
fucking DBLA and the road traffic app put together, they're a fucking nightmare, man. If if one of them's not fucking you, the other one probably is. You know what I mean? Um, but all I can say is, you know, same again, what I would do or what I have done um, based on my circumstances. Uh, and I'd always do a saliva test. Um, I think I can say peroxide, hydrogen peroxide, yeah, you can have a, a mouthwash with hydrogen peroxide in it, um, uh, a can of Coke and some mints, and sometimes you're not even going to come up on the saliva test. Sometimes they do false positives anyway and all that shit. Um, you know, obviously, if your car smells of weed and that, they're going to they're gonna try and search your car and all this shit. Um, but there's, there's an argument to say, the smell of cannabis isn't grounds for a search based on that alone. Um, but in a car, it's, it's, it's common for them to make up. So I kind of don't want to say what they make up. You can imagine what they make up and what they say. Uh, but I don't want to say it in case anyone's listening to shit or like, I don't want to encourage any fucking police to say anything. But, uh, you know, they can't search your car based on the smell of cannabis is what I think. That might not even be legally correct. Um, but yeah, like I say, I do the first saliva test. I may or may not have mad washed my mouth with some low-grade hydrogen peroxide. I'm sure you can find them fucking tutorials on YouTube. Um, so if, if I don't pass the saliva test, because, you know, sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes it'll come up with a false positive, uh, they're going to take you in, they're going to ask you for blood, and if you're scared of needles, you know, you tell them you're scared of needles and don't say much else. Like we said before, um, you know, Say you what you rely rely on. On. that's it you know you don't need to start challenging the law in in, in the police at a bar you know we we know that we can smoke three days ago and it's going to come up in your blood that's fact that's that's like facts fine but that's not in the law so it's not it's never helped anybody we've tried it you know you can still do it if you want but it, it's going to be used against you that you started arguing with the police or whatever um which so, you, you can argue from a point of guilt you're going to yeah. As soon as you argue, you've admitted guilt, and then yeah, but yeah, yeah. so you've, you've yeah you've 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 kind of screwed yourself from the get go. I mean, for these minor, what I'm I'm talking of getting pulled over by the police, and you've not done anything wrong, genuinely not done anything wrong. If you've had a mad crash, in some cases they can get warrants for your blood anyway. You know, so I'm talking about a situation like you said, you get pulled over. Uh, you might have had a spliff a couple of days ago. Your car smells of weed still. Your tongue test comes up for whatever reason, uh, and from that point you are if you don't do the saliva you'll get failing to provide if you don't do the tongue test which is the saliva sorry you're gonna get failing to provide and if you don't do the blood test without a reasonable excuse um you're gonna get failing to provide again so i suppose it's not necessarily an excuse as it is a, a viable defense in the law it's a reasonable excuse so the charge to, you know if i'm scared of needles which is you know no one can prove it, whether you're scared of needles or not if you've got a needle phobia you, mm -hmm. that, that's it you've got a needle phobia um, it doesn't help if you've got loads of piercings and loads of tattoos and that um, but that that is still arguable based on your situation you know it's that's not extracting blood and it is a different thing and if there needs to be evidence submitted to prove that it's uh, you know getting a tattoo and getting your blood taken is a different thing then you can provide that evidence there is evidence available there um, but like I say, I wouldn't argue with the police. I tell them I've got a needle phobia because because that's my situation, um, and 
the tongue test can't be used in court. The tongue test is the saliva thing they scrape on your on your tongue. It's, it's, it's an indicator, but not a measure. So because it's not a measure, they can't yeah, no. actively charge you because it's not it's not even impairment anymore. When they changed the Road Traffic Act a few years ago for you find folk out there in the UK that don't know, they moved it from impairment to an arbitrary detection of two micrograms, uh, microliters, sorry, of uh, THC per litre of blood, mm. which is actually quite a, a tiny, tiny amount. Um, and obviously we know that cannabis, <laughs> the cannabis when consumed, no matter how you consume it, the body holds onto it. You, you store it in your fingernails, you store it in your hair, you know, you store it in your fat cells. The body likes to hold on to cannabinoids. Mm. So it's kind of a, a frustrating disadvantage, as you stated. And there's obviously been um, quite a few studies recently. Um, so the Canadian was Australian. One of the um, country's studies recently that came out, uh, it was Australian, a study that came out that showed from their metadata analysis that uh, saliva and blood tests were not good indicators of impairment for cannabis intoxication. Mm. Actually, they showed that a novice consumer that then smoked a large amount would register with an incredibly low amount in their blood, but could be stoned beyond measure. Whereas right. somebody that then consumes several times a day that has then left it for the recommended average period, which is extended for somewhere between two to four hours, whether you're in Canada or somewhere like... Uh, I don't know, the regional territories, uh, they're trying to work out this window of intoxication. Mm. And so obviously as they're creating data and, and information there, I think we're getting more informed in this side of the fence. What I'm, everything that we've stated, I will, I will caveat with saying that I'm not saying go and get blazed out your head and here's what you do. I'm saying that there's millions of people that even if you have a prescription, you could still fall foul of these laws yeah. unless you know these defences and you understand the system because they're going to advocate that and, and argue that cannabis is the same as alcohol and no matter how you consume it, you're screwed up and it's, you can't operate when actually I would argue and there's evidence now emerging that people that consume it for various conditions and ailments, its absence would be considered a more of a danger, would, cons would cause more of a, a problem to the road rather yeah. than them being high, as it were, than being medicated, however you want to term it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, like you say, that's where they fucked us. 2015, where they don't need to do the impairment anymore. Uh, you know, all they need to do now is get that, like you say, small amount in your blood. And then, but it's like I say, once they've got that, there's still a lot of routes you can go down. But normally it does take a solicitor. Like I kind of don't really know what I'm talking about here. But there's, there's people been acquitted of that for sample issues and, you know, uh, police procedural errors. There's loads of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, if you do end up doing that, yeah, there's 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 ways out, but it's not um, defenses really. It's well, it is. It will be a defense, wouldn't it? But it's not um, something that you can just kind of say to the police. Or it's it's going to need a lot of looking through a lot of boring documents. Someone who knows kind of you know what they're doing really. Yeah, uh, I've got a few more questions before we we finish this, but I am desperate for a piss, so I'm going to pause it right here with two seconds. <laughs> Yo, that was much appreciated, much needed. Uh, <laughs> we're on to the bottom section of the second page of questions. Uh, you'll be happy to know, folks. Um, I suppose one of the fun bits now. Um, I was <laughs> one of the questions that came up quite a few times when I asked on Instagram, sort of, um, what do people want to know? People were like, does it get itchy? Does the, does the balaclava, is it, does it get uncomfortable? Uh, it does get uncomfortable. It gets hot as well, you know. It gets fucking boiling. Uh, it looks thick. 
Yeah, it's quite thick. It's good. It's good balaclava, but um, good quality balaclava, I have to say. Um, but no, yeah, it's all right. It is what it is, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's it's what you expect. Well, it does get a little bit easier, I have to say, yeah. You ever asked that question? Did it did it work as a as a mask during COVID? Well, I suppose actually you've got the mask exposed. Yeah, no, it's like the opposite of what they want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I, for the sake of when I was doing that um, toilet paper, but giveaway sanitizer and all that, mm. driving around doing that, um, I put a mask on for the sake of you know people not. It's in the optics of it as well, I suppose. Yeah, it's a COVID thing, in it? I don't really know. I, can't, I don't really like fucking, like, same again, don't really say much on COVID. Because I think that's why my fucking Instagram got removed because of some shit I said about COVID. But it's mad how invested they are in it. That's all we can say, in it? Like, fucking mad. Yeah, I, I don't... We touch some conspiracies on, <clears throat> on this podcast and we go down some rabbit holes. But, yeah, uh, I'll say as much as this. The two where we have at least 45 to... 60 second conversations disappeared for a little bit off my anchor app. They were still on the various platforms it sends them to, but the, the app by which I send them out, they were missing from my order. I didn't have the analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's something that unfortunately I choose to stay away from at this point. Maybe in the future we can be in a different reality, but for now my fight is for a different form of human rights, a different form of, of kind of activism. It's, it's what I can focus on. It's, um, as a in single individual, same as yourself, you kind of you work with with what you've got where you are immediately. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the ultimate form of activism is just just doing. It's all one yeah. good theorizing and planning and all this what if and oh in an ideal world. It's well, yeah. What can we do to work towards making that world? You know, and it's it's, it's the same again though. It's like the over exaggerated harms of it. Maybe potentially, you know, COVID. Let's say it's bad. You know, it can be bad, it's bad fear, you know, and it's also, you know, it, it comes and goes for other people. And it's the same kind of thing with cannabis, you know, where people say, you know, you smoke cannabis, you're going to get schizophrenia or whatever. Like, you know, maybe some people will, may, like, maybe some people will die from COVID and yeah, there's a, there's a lot and a lot of people survive or, you know, I don't want to say the wrong things or whatever, but, you know, like fucking... I get, I get what you're saying. It's the different people are at risk for different things and different people are susceptible to different things. Yeah. So yeah, this we know. I mean... I think... when, they, when they overplay what the harm is, they make a lot of money, That you know, them type yeah. of ones. But they also make it more dangerous. We've seen this with, then, with drugs. If it's then a case of cannabis, according to kind of consensus accepted science here, uh, and I say this as quotation from the head of the CIC, Mike Barnes, I think it's <laughs> one in 20,000 people. Uh, have have a potential to have a psychotic schizoid type event reaction to the consumption of cannabis. Yeah. So you'd have to stop 19,999 people consuming cannabis to potentially protect that one person. So yeah, we can't have a fr- weed-free world. That's an impossibility. They've tried that for a century. So park that idea, get, put your prohibitionist over here. The weed's going to exist regardless. Yeah, yeah. The best thing you can do for that person is identify who they are not to punish them, persecute them, but to then go, oh, you might have an allergy. Look at it that way to it. In the same yeah. way we do with peanuts. We're not a good one at war with peanuts because hundreds of people die every year from cardiac shock. Mm-hmm. What we've done is we've created EpiPens and a system of awareness and tagging on products to ensure that anything that has touched the peanut oil or peanut product yeah. is, is labeled. There's then research that is being created. Yeah. Ironically, what they've done is create used really small amounts of peanuts actual like the, the derivative straight from raw peanuts and they were being building up people's tolerances and what they're doing is trying to stop the anaphylactic shock 
so that people can then who have these allergens uh, allergies could be exposed to um to to nut products that would otherwise have then triggered these cardiac type events um so it's a it's an interesting world. Whereas if we then looked at the same with cannabis and applied that theory and went, all right, this one in 20,000 people that can have this, this issue, why is that happening? All right, well, we've just found out in Europe, 77% of people plus um, over, if not, sorry, at this point, consume tobacco with their cannabis. Mm. Can, can tobacco and, and uh, schizophrenia have right. a far closer causal and uh, casual relationship than cannabis does. So then if we remove that as a factor, okay, how was that cannabis grown? What were the circumstances by which that person was consuming that cannabis? Were they already in a heightened state of emotional distress? What was their socioeconomic situation? There's so many other variables that are just pointing at the plant and go, everyone's going to go mental or smoking that because millions, hundreds of millions of us haven't. And it's disingenuous, but it's also harmful to the small, small minority of people that could have these events. And I don't believe they're solely caused by cannabis. Like I said, I think they're, by the nature of the mechanism we've just described, have to be caused by these other precipitous events. So the same is then true with driving. If we're then going, oh my God, there's these people that have died in autopsy who found cannabis in their system. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can't then say that all, they all died from, canna- from, from cannabis or the accidents, if there were car accidents, were caused by cannabis. You can't extrapolate out such a narrow... Well, it's like, again, they result. can't what they do in it. You know. It's because it fits their narrative, whereas then when we can look at the truth and nullify through belief, uh-huh. as we said, through, through educating ourselves and becoming informed, we can present our belief to their belief. And if we then don't accept and we don't stand under any of the statements made by them, then they can't follow those procedures uh-huh. against us. And once we're on that level playing field, that's uh-huh. then where this conversation of challenging the law comes into play. Mm. Because that's what they've, they've relied on for decades now is all these new statutes and legislations and acts are all based on consent. But we've never been told that we're allowed to not consent, mm. you know, without going too far back into the, uh, the, the, the pandemic conversation. Uh, a lot of that that is falling apart now because people have ex- exploited the loopholes and found ways around it to go, well, I can self-exempt, therefore I don't, I'm not going to wear a mask. Yeah. They've then found that the mandates towards vaccinations are not then legal and credible. So there's a lot of the things that were presented as this is your only option. And, you know, it, but it, it wasn't. And that's what the entire premise of the war on drugs has been. All drugs are dangerous. Every drug's going to make you an addict. Every drug's going to make you a dangerous criminal. And we're protecting you. You know, there's 10 guys pinning you to the floor in your underwear in your bedroom to protect you from the plants next door because, oh, they were going to sneak in and smother you during the night. Uh-huh. Like, what, you're going to lock me in a cage because the five tabs of acid I've got that I was using to, you know, deal with childhood trauma and the abuse that was caused to me by the failures of your system? Is 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 danger more dangerous to me than the yeah. potential abuse I could face inside of your institutions? It's it's a mental. Again, it's how they've made you think about it. How, you know, the substance is illegal, whereas like the the charges that you get are, you know, it's not a, it's not illegal to have used acid or to have used cannabis. If that was a charge, if, if that was an offence in the misuse of drugs act, it would be illegal for anyone to say that they had. Well, it's not, so it's not, but. The substances aren't. It's the it's the acts that you do with them. You know, it's the the, the charge isn't just cannabis. It's whatever unlawful possession of cannabis or cultivation of cannabis. It's, it's the whole thing we've got to look at. Look at the words. Look at the words that they say when the you know the the, the police have have got to say like legally required to say. There's there's probably a reason why the, the you know they've got to say them things because 
you know. Yeah. It doesn't stand up in court, and it's like a domino, isn't it? It's a knock on. It's a knock on effect. You you go yeah to one, and and it's it's, it's, it's the dance. The dominoes out. It's just going to go and stop, and those ones are just going to be all. You know what I mean? It's effective. As you said before, when you spoke of kind of the judge before putting his wig on and he's backstage, yeah, that it yeah. is they, they come out and it's 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 a dance ultimately. Is the the steps and and so you get can you dance? No. Well, all right, we're going to give you this person and they're going to tell you right. You need to do left foot, right foot, then wiggle here and and so you, you don't question. Well, why do I need to learn to dance? Why are we dancing? That's art. Yes, yeah, so you, you then don't get it. So you're so hypnotized into it everything when they take your shoes i mean yeah there's people that are suicide risks but the reason they're suicide risks is usually because of the pageantry of the system you've got them to believe their life is over and they're caught and everything's done and every bad thing and they suddenly you know there are a lot of people when i mean we could argue if you want to go down a serious conspiracy theory about how many people are suicided but just, oh, yeah, yeah the, the prevalence of suicide in police cells is higher than it should be. Uh-huh. We'll say that. We're not going to jump into too much of the reasons. Don't go over to America, Rio, we don't talk about that. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, you'll lose your belt, you'll lose your shoes, you'll lose whatever. And, and so that all of that is, it's all part of this idea of getting you to confess, of you to make their job as easy as possible. Uh-huh. Whereas actually what you're supposed to, uh, what I would advocate people do in those moments is, <laughs> I don't know, what if we used to do? Try and work out the highest number you could make out of Crime Stoppers number. You know, take your socks off and play sockball. Right. You know, you can do push-ups, sit-ups. Uh, you can work out count tiles. And there's, there's all kinds of things you can do to stop thinking about. They're going to... And allowing yourself to be... They'll sit you in there for, for hours, as long as they can. And then they'll, they'll say all kinds of bullshit to make you say something to incriminate yourself. The harder they try to fuck with you, usually the less they have. Remember that. They wouldn't come in all guns blazing if they hadn't if they, if they, if they got a hook line and sink a case. They'll take you straight to, to prosecution. You know what I mean? And you know what? When the police are nice to you, that's for a fucking reason. When they're sat there in their interview rooms being dead nice. Okay, yeah. You're you're saying you've let's say in, in a scenario, um, I found this cannabis in the in the park and I was gonna bring it to the police station now. So that's what I need to rely on in court. So when the police say what park, you know, that's not necessarily, I've said I found it in a park. It's for you to disprove, you you go through all the CCTV of every park. You know, I just need to prove what I've said beyond reasonable doubt in the court by a way of putting the prosecutions, you know, to proof and make requesting evidence for all, any claim that's made. That's another thing that I say. Request the evidence for any claim that's made. They say, oh, I think that's, and illegal cannabis well I'm requesting evidence for that claim you know and I'm disputing it and I'm also not saying anything else I'm not saying it's fucking oregano or whatever people fucking say what's that shit called I suppose oregano oregano both probably acceptable pronunciation because then you're starting a whole new fucking you're creating something that can disprove which is what you're opening a door that's it yeah, so as soon as you, yeah, if you create like a boxed off area that they yeah. go into and it's the only way out is back and go, well, can we yeah, just yeah, prove back. this claim? <laughs> no, well, then how long have we got for them? And it's about, mm. I guess it's, it's maintaining that belief and that that yeah. knowledge that if you believe, if you believe it, and you, yeah, it, it, I can't guarantee that it works. I can't say that it, works. It, it doesn't work for every crime, this type of shit. It's for. Yeah, yeah because of how corrupt they've been with making the laws specifically surrounding cannabis. So, you know, 
whoever in the government departments are allowed to grow weed, I'm sure you can look it up. It's been published on my website and everybody else's website. You know, um, there's people in there making a lot of money from it. They've had to change some laws. Just get, They've not done the cocaine laws. You know what I mean? Uh, similar things do apply, but not the whole thing that we've been saying here. Like, um, they can still forensically test these types of things. Um, but with cannabis, there's a strict this one, this one, this one, this one. And if these yeah. two aren't there, that's it. But, but like electricity, you've cut the, you know. The... Yeah. It's an order of procedure that needs yeah, to, yeah, to be sort of carried out. I, I, yeah, I get that. And I think, again, most people, they, they get in the head that... Criminal, criminal liability is just the mental element and the action. People people should look that up, the definition of criminal liability. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mens rea, actus rea. That's what it all, that's what law students first learn you know in, in university um it's complicated but if the action and the mental side don't coincide um there is no criminal liability um in but obviously they can they can prove things beyond a reason without that's not the end of it you can't just go in with that um you know for, for you get away with anything and just fucking it's not like that it's the cannabis laws, using that with the corrupt cannabis laws, how they've created them in 2018, 2016, all these, all these times where they fucked it over, or they tried to fuck us over, uh, we just use that kind of in our favour now. Even the misuse of drug tax is shit, but there are defences in that act. You know, yeah. the, 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 whoever wrote them put in defences for whatever reason, I don't know, but luckily there are them because we can use them. You know, if there weren't defences written into the law, you know, I don't understand why. The, yeah, I, so I was just going to speculate there that I think, uh, or what's just coming to my mind there. I mean, we've discussed this a couple of times, obviously privately, and I think what's just came to my mind there is the the creation of a defense for possession um, for for cannabis and for drugs within the Misuse of Drugs Act. I think is an admission that there will always be drugs. Because it means that there will always be a circumstance by which without mens rea, without the mental element, somebody could have committed the the action of being in possession without ever knowing it was a drug or without it be intending for them to... Do you know what I mean? There's there's a lot of other circumstances. That is bang on. All right, so, yeah, I think that hopefully the content that we've already got here in this podcast i hope is informative enough for people to to understand how to to research and and become informed to a such a to such a degree that their belief would allow them an option to use some of the defenses that we've discussed uh within this podcast so so i do hope that yeah people sort of grasp the nuance of that obviously we'll share links to your uh to your website and to the aforementioned articles uh, so that people can do said research. Yeah. Um, I suppose it's one of the other questions I did want to ask you was, um, who sort of inspires you and has inspired your your work as an activist? Uh, well, definitely Banksy, always Banksy. Um, I like what he's done. I like how he's kept it anonymous. Uh, you know, um, I like that it's controversial. I like that it's political. Um, so, I mean, anything along them lines, I, I love, I, I like a lot of political artists. Um, and I'm not going to mention too many people because I don't want to give away too much about myself and that, but, um, yeah, I do like political artists and, um, anyone who makes music that's, uh, 
you know, something different, you know. Um, so a lot of artists in, in inspire me. Um, yeah, I suppose a lot of people inspired me anyway. Like, I knew about you before I'd even made this balaclava, you know what I mean? Um, I've told you that that um, situation and it's, uh, you know, it's it's loads of people, man, like too, too many to mention, literally. Um, I think you take influences from different people and I don't necessarily agree with everything that a, a person that's inspired me has said, you know, but I might take a bit of this from that and a bit of that from that, um, you know, and, and you become your own consciousness with your own maybe levels of compassion and levels of whatever you've got uh yeah. and then there we are <laughs> yeah and i think that that is an entirely healthy approach too many people uh put people into this demigod state of then this archetypal role that they have to be infallible and as mm. soon as they do something they disagree with oh my god the ruined my champion my hero my god is dead do you know yeah. what i mean it's like no man we we're all magic monkeys we're, right, we're yeah. all we're not that far away from throwing our shit at each other <laughs> and i mean in that both directions historically and in the future if we don't get this right way that's where we're going back to so when you've got to rem remember that same with the, the conversation we, we had about people that, 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 are, that are homeless you know what i mean is we're all just fucking human yeah. if you can sort of i guess remember that you can see things that go oh wow i really appreciate that that, that phraseology the way someone said that i really appreciate that action or that artistic direction or that sound in music or you know that hook or that that beat that that that, that lyric whatever it is of anything that it all the point of it is everything is homaged and based on everything else if you removed one of those dominoes everything else falls apart as you said Char characters as well man people are inspired by film characters you know I'm inspired by a lot of film characters that's what yeah. i mean like it's sick in it like they're just creations but you know, you don't have to agree with everything that a, super, a certain fucking character does, but you take little things and, you know, personalities are kind of constructed based on what we've seen and what we've had and, you know, uh, what, you know, everything, everyone's different and it's great. Yes, it's a wonderful thing to, especially, I find I'm getting older and especially being lucky enough to do it with this podcast is huh. the, the, the diversity of people, but the, the commonality. You know, we often joke, people of my age, that we had one one experience growing up. That the, we talk about, I don't know, like the music of the culture of like your, your emo kind of skater revolution, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and it's the, the Kerrang and Scuzz and MTV right, yeah. boot as it kind of transitioned. And it was because everyone was directed toward the same thing. They channeled us into the same sort of experience. Mm. And I think a lot of people kind of got, I don't know, like monocropped. Do you know what I mean? They were made in a nice passive consumers and ego. And that happens with every generation. And I think yeah, there's now a, a new fluctuation, a new yeah. a, a rising of a free radical agents within society. And uh, yeah, I think, and I'd like to hope that in some small way, myself, yourself and, and others inspire others to continue to do this, to get louder and bolder. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, eventually I'm, I hope for the day that, I mean, I don't know about yourself. I'm kind of looking for a day when I can put on a balaclava, and I suppose you're looking for a day when you don't have to wear one. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's I, I I look for a day of retiring. People, people, especially I suppose I say people, mainly my missus, kind of ask me uh, what what I plan to do when the war's over, yeah. and and I kind of can't see it ending yet. 
you know what I mean? I see these little victories and I see these these progressions and I see these avenues of advancement. Uh, yeah. But I think that we only end, end it when we all stand up and that what you're doing, what guys doing through Seed Our Future, um, what, what a few other entities are doing, trying to find these weak points in this legislation. And as I say, just nullify it to protect the people. We'll build what comes next organically. We yeah. don't need demand to come and yeah, everyone everyone doing their bit it's just great to see things come together and and get bigger and better um and things actually change but i have to pick up the um good law project as well because they do some sick shit uh, really like holding the government to account and that and, and it's them type of little uh prods that you know empires always fall as they say you know so yeah. uh Maybe not the collapse that fucking Guy Fawkes had planned, but maybe in certain little places, like no one's saying the whole law is bad. I think everyone reasonable can agree that there's there should be some small form of, you know, order that doesn't affect anyone's human rights and, you know, a, a few certain things. But the, the law has got absolutely crazy now. Um, amendments and redactions. Oh man, it's a fucking nightmare. Like, it could be so simple um, and just beneficial for everybody, uh, but that's not what it is at the moment. So it's them, it's these precedents and shit like I'm talking about. These are important for progression. You know, um, once there's a precedent, people aren't going to be prosecuted for it. You know what I mean? It, it, you don't have to change the law. You don't have to. You just need to set a, a legal precedent, and we're good. Yeah, yeah, and so it's. It's uh, fighting for that, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's getting enough people informed enough to then uh, become aware to 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 arrive at a point of belief um, yeah. that they are no longer subject to the restraints and the constraints and the persecution of yeah. um, of the Misuse of Drugs Act um, for cannabis. And I think that when people really get their head around that as you say that then they're going to have to look to change the system and when they do this is where we need unity this is where we need um a conversation about what the hell comes next because it's it's gone now not just uh, in the uk but in europe over the past i'd say 10 years like from a conversation of cannabis is never going to be legal to when will cannabis be legalized by the european union and so it's we have an opportunity I think cannabis is legal. That, that's what I think. Um, it, 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 it's prosecutable, you know, based on circumstances, like a lot of things, knives and shit, you know. Um, but ca- cannabis for me is legal, but it's certain parts of it are criminalised because of the traps that people fall into. Understandably, like, um, it's just hard to navigate around the law, like I say, if you, if you don't, you know, necessarily understand the, the mm. foundations of the law yeah yeah it's like like i said criminal liability them type of things it's like yeah it's, it's difficult sorry i was gonna say it, it's it's difficult because i don't want to say that the sides and i don't want to come across classist mm. but the victims of the war on drugs versus the perpetrators the educations are very different yeah the kid on the council estate shot in a couple of 20 bags so his mom can eat dinner. Uh-huh. He has got no idea about men's rear and all the rest of it. And oh, actually, yeah, of 
whereas whereas the guy growing up on the estate, it's one of the first. Uh, sorry, the the privatized estate behind gates. Yeah. They, they'll be taught that. So if they're you know if you're ever caught with your cocaine and you see well, this, pay, you do this, you will pay it out. Yeah, exactly. So it's, they don't need to learn it. They just pay someone. That's why I say the justice system's fucked, man. Like like a lot of these acquittals, people don't. You know, there's a there's a. a, a less than one percent like i say about a few people say oh how, how can you get an acquittal for cannabis like that would be all in the news there's acquittals all the time i'm just proud of my you know up nearly 200 acquittals now i'm proud of them because i paid for them paid out much there's thousands of them but for for stuff not like cannabis for for crimes that you know potentially it would be in the public interest to not be able to pay a really good solicitor to get you off with the charges. It's fucked. The whole system's fucked. Yeah, if you were, you, more focus on cannabis. Yeah, you want to look at acquittals, uh, go look at tax evasion. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, you, you, oh, it's, it's all it is. It's a cash cow. It's to ensure yeah, yeah. that there is a perpetuation of the generation of funds. And it to me, it's an impediment to class mobility. It is an, an insurance policy the the people that have been a victim to the whims of the ruling elite class um are never allowed to truly participate in it that even if they are able to gain their money through even crypto whatever else that they put up gateways and create regulations and restrictions to ensure that you can't own property and assets and you can't participate in their games you know it's it's all very clicky it's all very um yeah you don't actually you don't actually own anything it's crazy yeah, we You're the registered keeper of everything. Never mind just your car, just everything. You're just the registered keeper. It's, it's mad. Yeah, yeah. We this. Yeah, if you want to look at the way law really truly breaks down, it is a system that I mean, it's getting worse. I would say by the week at the minute, <laughs> um, in terms of certain different caveats being created. But if they pass the new police crime court sentencing bill and the new immigration bill, then fuck things get dangerous because i mean they're already exploiting things like section 60 at the minute and and the terrorism act is a way of detaining people for any reason i mean no reason they don't have to give a reason they can just do what the fuck they want so it's we can't we can't defend against something they have to provide no evidence for so it it worries me that this is why i I present and have been fighting for a good two two years since i wrote that uh call to arms letter for unity for what comes next it's all well and good as getting over that line but if we then are not the ones to build the next model and help shape that, they're just going to replace it with a new form of, of frankly, fascism, of social control, you yeah. know what I mean, of, of class cohesion. And I don't want to be corralled into being um, coerced into conforming to their bullshit. I, I don't want to be told what's good for me. I, I want them to provide the safest access to what is available in society. In the same way, they're not shutting the McDonald's. They're allowing them to open. You know, you're not. There's this, this, this coffee, but I can go unregulated and probably knock my heart out with coffee. Some days I swear I'm getting close. People that know this podcast will have seen me started sometimes, physically jittering because I've had too many cups of coffee that day. You know what I mean? But nobody's regulating that shit. You see, kids, man, like that have had loads of sugar and they're literally having like kind of mad fucking episode and the. You know, the parents are recording it and they're like, you know, going mad. But this is this is the type of shit that's probably not too good. Like, I, obviously, I, I I have loads of fucking shit for you. I know it's bad for me or not. But, like, I don't think I don't think we've got the priorities right. Well, the government have got the priorities right because we know what's going on, but we just get prosecuted for certain things and not prosecuted for other things. And, uh, I mean, I think 
prosecutions, like whatever, in it, just educate people, uh, help people out to the furthest point. Uh, I mean, if that shit's necessary, like I don't know, I don't want to go that far into it. Like I just want to stop the stuff that shouldn't be happening, the prosecutions that shouldn't be happening, really. Yeah, and when it comes to drug offences, frankly, I'll be as radical as you want because I don't think any drug offence should be criminalised whatsoever. Unless unless it is uh, somebody physically forcing someone else to take another drug Mm. or spiking them or doing... If it's a consensual act, there are ways we already know. We could create fair trade cocaine. You know what I mean? We we already create what they would consider to be ethical uh, heroin. They just call it diamorphine. It's available in the hospital. But what they want then is all those dirty addicts on the street. They can get that corrupted supply, that tainted supply. You know what I mean? They're going to, they allow Scotland to become per capita, like the overdose capital of Europe. You know, they're in a drugs epidemic while at the same time, then prescribing opiums infinitum on the NHS as a way to keep that profit turning to keep the, the lights on. It's a ridiculous... And all the ju- clinics now and all that. Yeah, we, it's a duplicity. It's the same thing back to that kid jittering on Harry Bo. Yeah. We, we have that same mom going, I must protect my child from the dangers of drugs. And then they create a drug dealer in Harry Bo of going, you know what, if you behave, if you shut up and stop screaming and let me get through the shopping, I'll give you the, the sweets. And they see that bright really? packaging and then they light up and they know that feeling yeah. like, oh, i got to get high later. And they're like itching, literally like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, I've seen it with my nephews. You know what I mean? I've seen them grow growth that when they were a lot younger. And then it's that there's mechanism. Too much, there's too much, you know, um, too much for the body to handle type thing, isn't it? But even the E numbers are not nowhere near as bad as the way I mean... Look at a blue smarty these days. I remember as a kid, Jesus Christ, before I think the whole EU changed loads of E-numbers. We just banned, Europe banned loads of the uh, E-numbers that America kept. So there's a lot of red dyes, blue dyes, and a few other colours. And they found that these uh, these coloured dyes, um, they, they were basically drugs. They were drugs. They were, yeah, they were basically fucking drugs. You killed the blue yeah. one, you know, the blue smarty. Yeah, so they withdrew it and then they brought it back and I brought blue back and everyone was like, it's blue. And then they released the tune <laughs> blue and people were like, this isn't blue. Yeah, blue yeah, fuck, yeah. blue did something. I couldn't tell you what it what, did, what guys, blue? but it did something. Where's where's the classic blue? What was blue in the fucking first place? Madness. So why did they lean into this? They should have released Smarties After Dark. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just a blue tube of old school blue. Coca-Cola drinks had cocaine in it. They made that illegal, so they probably use loads of sugar now because that's just as addictive well, but not evil, isn't it? Well, Coke's a very interesting one because it started, it was, uh, what was it? Wine, coca leaves and cannabis. No, we wine, coca leaves and caffeine, sorry, and sugar. Don't uh, know, wish they had you put cannabis in there. Damn, you got a drink, son. Um, but yes, the combination, the synergy of some of these compounds uh, by themselves, we're, we're still trying to unpack. Like caffeine and sugar have a very complex relationship that we're just all as a society kind of going, don't give a fuck. It sweetens it, doesn't it? It sweetens it. It's a sweetheart attack. I'm fine with this. And we're not like... caramel in that. <laughs> yeah. And then let's put some cream on top of it and add, yeah. add to the diabetes. And, and, it, and we, no one's like... We're not having those conversations because we're too busy going. The 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 one in twenty thousand people that might have a negative event of smoking weed. The the one person that that's going to drown themselves on water because of misinformation when they've taken MDMA. The sensationalist bullshit and the rhetoric and the the full moralizing around the war on drugs is far more dangerous, I would argue, than the drugs themselves. Yeah. I think that what they're scared of most is they've lost the war on cannabis. They're losing it every goddamn day. They're scared that if they lose that, they lose murder. And they're, then they're scared that, oh, my God, everyone's going to be shooting up heroin and everyone's going to be... And they're not recognising that 
it's uh, curious drug use is not a problem most people will at some point be at least curious of trying something if not then actively exposed to it at the same time like a, a venn diagram of curious of drugs exposed to drugs that's a rare occurrence for most people do you know what i mean so when they're thinking i'd like to try it they can't get hold of it no. and so it's yeah um but well, everyone can get older drugs in it it's harder for kids to get alcohol that, that's just a start. everyone knows that in it well yeah the way they, the way they present it it's 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 a weird thing that drugs are easily available if you're in the right or wrong area i suppose depending on your uh your every area, area. everywhere everywhere you but it's, it's it's knowing who who to ring if you you can literally be next door neighbor to a guy that's growing weed and need weed okay. but, but you if you don't know you don't know uh a chippy and, and say has anyone got a number somewhat somewhat you, you'd spend 10 minutes finding a number for somebody yeah but you've, you've got to kind of know that etiquette yeah, you've yeah, got to yeah. then know where to go if you then go hang around a fucking well, kids kids see films and shit it's, it's not like the rep that, that that's that procedure's a secret but you know it's like promoted and I, i'm not against that but like it's not like it's a secret you get a number for a drug dealer and then they get you some yeah. isn't it they come yeah, yeah. Ah, and then they've, they've got the weeds or whatever these films do you know all that yeah exactly i i posed this question to neil woods uh quite a long time ago when i had him up in durham for an event mm. and i uh, i said did you not think the depiction in the media of the how the war on drugs is fought then shapes yeah. how the war on drugs is fought mm. so it's art begets life begets yeah. art begets life and it's just this morphing until we then drug dealers are acting like they're seeing on films. So that's then my conspiracy or my idea at the time was to state that, well, what if the, then it's the authoritative systems are training these drug dealers to act this way so mm. that they say that they're, they're the actors mm. going onto that stage. They've already trained themselves and indoctrinated themselves into how to behave. That's it. Who knows, innit? You do, we don't know anything really about anything. Yeah, man, yeah. Well, I, I like what that Neil Woods has done. I really like his... Uh his way of getting across, you know, you know, obviously he worked in the police and then he was undercover and his, his process of realising that he literally was doing nothing, they were spending money on nothing, you know, they got nothing out of it, uh, it didn't stop anything, uh, and then to be completely, you know, on the other side of it, it's, it's quite respectful in that sense because you probably get some fucking haters doing that shit. Uh, yeah, he could have kept that shit to himself in it, so like it's 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 pretty sick. Like, and what we're saying about the kids as well, I wanted to say, um, the, the kids who are having the sweets, they're not being looked at at all. And then the kids that are needing, you know, cannabis, there's a lot of children obviously that need fucking medicinal cannabis, and they kind of put out the press thing saying that everyone was going to get, all the kids were going to get medicinal cannabis in media and it's just not happening. You know what I mean? Just another load of bullshit. Shut them up with a fucking couple of articles and then that's it. You know what I mean? But it's, the, the contrast to that is crazy and, and I go back to what you said about decriminalising, you know, all drugs. I do agree with you and I had to be careful how I worded the defence, you know, because I can't promote too much. But then, I can say that and that's fine, you know, and take that how you want. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. So it's, 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 it's a difficult situation because a special possession, it shouldn't have been a crime anyway. That, that's, I think, I can't remember who told me that, but, um, it shouldn't be a crime anyway. It, it was misinterpreted the whole possession thing to start with. So I think, uh, People are 
arguments about drug gangs and whatever. I don't want to get into any of that. I'm just talking the people who've got any amount of possession, even if it's possession with intent to supply, whatever, just an amount of substance. And it's not, there's no mad aggregating factors. And it's just, you know, he's been involved in madnesses and madnesses. Like you can still, you can still defend yourself successfully. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, sorry, go on, say what you were going to say. I forgot, I forgot what I was going to say. I probably said it there. Though. It's, yeah, yeah you, you covered it in the, I think that's, again, one of the reasons why they would see your defence as quite dangerous or anybody truly having an understanding of how Section 28 of the Misuse of Drugs Act works, um, how uh, represent yourself as a litigant person works in the smaller courts um, and understanding the nuance of how to, to play the game. Yeah. Because if you're informed on the situation, if you're informed on the law and the pageantry of, of how to perform, you're probably going to be more informed than the officers that detain you. So if you can then stick to your guns, remember your script and be your good actor, if that is the uh, way you want to interpret what I'm saying. Um, Fuck it, that's flat out exactly what I'm saying. Um, And then you conform to your own personal belief, then that vastly increases the likelihood of an outcome by which you would not be found guilty by the uh, limited nature of the the, the charge, and I think yeah. that that nullification, the, the nature of the lot. Like I say, the prosecutor is not bothered once you've gone into court, and you know you've you've had a valid defence. They're not thinking about that. Oh man, I really wish I got. It's just on to the next, on to the next, on to the yeah. next. And even that, it's it's so insular. It's have they met the criteria for this charge? No, yeah. then there is no charge. Yeah. And so yeah, it's, it could it's, be on a database. You know what I mean? It could be programmed into a computer. You know, fill in yeah. this series of questions and we'll tell you if you're going to be fucking prosecuted or not. Yeah, tick, tick box. And then basically uh, yeah. the, it then gets to a lot of other bureaucracy where somebody helps you fill that in and goes, well, tick this, tick this, tick this. Because they don't want to be charging us either. They're losing money hand over fist. Every time they have to get that courtroom and fill that stage and perform that act, they've got to pay their actors. They've got to pay the extras. You know, they've, it's all the clocks and everything else and putting the lights on on the stage and the sound equipment and all of that costs them money. So if you really look at it like that and you can remember it like that, guys, they are not God. They are not an all-powerful authority and figure. And, and I'm not saying this that I'm defending all criminality because I, I agree there's certain morality. I believe that violence, I think it was George Carl, George Carlin broke, broke it down and there's one crime and it's violence. So whether it be violence is a form of theft, violence is a form of sexual assault or, or, or the physical attack of another. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. We broke it down through the uh, Ten Commandments, but that's ultimately what I would say is applicable through into law. That do, do, almost do want do not do unto others as you would do unto yourself. Like the common law position. That's the that's. A, I mean, talking about common law, that's misinterpreted anyway. But mm. the common law position of what a crime is is reasonable, and everyone would agree with. I would say, really. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that in this country, in the UK, that we fall under legislative and act law since the mm. mid eighties, which kind of nullifies any correct understanding of what common law could provide as a defense but because of their allowing it to be misconstrued in media and allowing us to be presented i say us uh, anybody that utilizes that defense or that understanding or that interpretation to be um you know demonized or vilified or, or stupefied if that's even a word you know made stupid made to look ridiculous um, um, um from their position because for all they're arguing a point of kind of a personal truth under the 
their game, it doesn't work. They've changed the rules. They've moved the goalpost. The game's moved on. I so, said there's a, there's a rule book, and the rule book is online on, you know, gov.uk. Uh, you know, that is the rule book that the prosecutor, you can see what the prosecutor has to do. You can see the CPS notes. You can see the home office circulars. You know, there's a lot of stuff that it's not necessarily cheat codes because, like a lot of my solicitors say, that they they are they make money from people being you know um, not being criminals but being um, what's the word being uh, accused yeah, accused of being criminals that's how they make their money you know lots of people make money in this in this system before it gets to the courts and then they get it back anyway somehow like it's it's all fucking you know all that shit we were yeah. talking about before but. Um, yeah, I think what I what I would really like is for it to be a a, a document, a, a free, you know, that applies to every cannabis. Um, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how dangerous it is to release something that would free up all drugs. You know, I don't actually know what what that would what that would be like, but I've. I mean, we we could speculate uh, loosely um, before sort of moving on from this. Uh, looking at Portugal, looking at other regions where right, de- yeah. de- it's effectively the same as decriminalisation, yeah. um, but what it, it just protects the most vulnerable. It lifts the bottom up rather than giving free reign to the top right. to do what they want because they'll still fall privy to tax laws. They'll still fall privy to you know antisocial behaviour and to consequential crimes connected to. Uh, um, issues that would arise from that level of criminality, there would still be a moral stance within the community. It's not, oh, the war on drugs is over, so suddenly everyone can do whatever the fuck they want. If somebody is high on a substance and does something, regardless of the substance, you've done the fucking thing. You, you acted an idiot. You can't just say, oh, I was really stoned and I did the-. No, you, you did the thing. So therefore, you'd still be found guilty of it. So it's not a license to be a criminal at all. Um and I think that that's what they almost, it's a narrative they want to keep as a contingent in the back pocket to go, well, yeah, but if we, if we give them weed, they're going to want heroin next. And then they'll be, they'll, be, they'll be selling crack pipes in the corners. And- yeah, we've all got access to heroin anyway, you know what I mean? Heroin's probably more prevalent in most most regions, and I'm talking from the classiest estates down to the most poverty-stricken council estates in this country, every corner. Opioids rule. You think cannabis is a large market in this country? We barely touch, what is it, 40%, if that, I think, according to latest studies. Somewhere in the region, 55 plus is... I thought it was a lot, and I thought it was a lot on the side of it on the recent... I I may be wrong with pulling that statistic. It is something that is new that I've only glanced once, so I haven't kind of committed to my... as a visual memory. But I remember seeing that it may have been opioids and cocaine, but it was opioids make up the vast majority currently at this point. But yeah, because it is just... it's prescription, it's prescription pills. We've moved, it's because of the culture. Yeah. So the youth don't want to smoke weed these days. You know, like the young, young, that's not an act of true rebellion. The other ones that want to fit in, the kids that want to fit in smoke weed. The kids that want to rebel and take the drugs, they're taking Xanax and shit. They're taking, you know, these prescription pills that they're importing. They're all drinking codeine-based leans and shit. Yeah. And it's it's a different it's a different game all to goddamn together. You know what I mean? I, I'm glad I grew up with the, the culture that I grew up with, the Coke cannon, you know, a bit of Rocky. You know, the worst you get is some scars down your, your palm from it blown up in your face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, again, the youth, youth today, it's it's different. Or they're trying to be kingpins and they're trying to set up and establish brands and regions and territories and take... And it's, it's it, 
and that's this is not the nature of cannabis and what it does to the consumer or to the community or the culture. It's a consequence of socioeconomics, people being impoverished and having very little in employment opportunities. And I think what you're potentially doing and, and seeking to do with creating a, a space for the true, dec- what I would consider or term at this point, the true decriminalization of cannabis, as in people won't get prosecuted for any offense, sure. means they can build these industries. So at the minute, it's worth what? 2.2 billion a year is estimated to be the cannabis market in the UK. Can you imagine if that was taxed? So 20% of that goes straight into, into the government coppers immediately. Then you could put on a smaller marginal tax, which I mean, the already is. If we had then had the diversion, instead of going paying Amazon and companies like this that pay zero tax for their products, we'd then go back with the hydro shops. So we'd then be paying the VAT at the hydro shops, again, pumping money back in the economy. We'd then have clubs and cafes and shops that would be buying up the retail space in all of the major high streets across the country. We'd be buying up all of the industrial and commercial units to grow cannabis in, high-quality, organic, community-driven genetics uh, provided for the people. You yeah. know what I mean? We, we can already legitimize these industries. This country, amongst same as with a lot of Europe, is going broke because of uh international drug gangs and cartels that are here undercutting markets that already previously existed to dave on the corner you know what i mean every street out of the dave back in the day but all the daves got locked up in the 70s and 80s so then mike got on the scene and mike was a bit more violent and he was a bit more thuggish and he got a bit smarter to it so then the cops went undercover and they created this arms race of violence and villainy in, in our communities that, that meant that they turned your, your little stoner hippie kind of, yeah, I'll take you on for a couple of weeks. And it was a guy that's going to burn your house down over a fucking eighth. Oh. Do, do you know what I mean? It's, they talk about the criminality. They, they made this. Yeah. I feel like the fight is necessary for, for those reasons, you know? Um, yeah. It's, there's, there's so much to fucking cover, but Jesus, it, not... it starts at, the whole the, the prosecution side of things. I did what I say, just it's just coming to my head then. I want to say for the sake of, you know, whatever, um I don't condone, you know, lying in court. Like I'm sure you don't either. Like, you know, um you, you don't have to lie in court if you believe something. You know, belief is a is a thing that's no one can tell you anything, you know. Uh, not as simple as that. That's not the whole thing, obviously, but yeah it's not unreasonable at all at all to believe that cannabis is legal you can you can explain it it's legal and and people get prosecuted for the wrong circumstance of cannabis you know that that, that's what it is yeah exactly that a belief is if you through self-reflection through investigation through research arrive at a point of belief that belief is true to you yeah and unless evidence can be provided otherwise that you are lying, you are not lying. You are speaking your your belief, which is your truth. In that I sense. genuinely believe it's legal and people are falling into the traps of the, the judicial system. That's genuinely what I think. No lie. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah it's, a, it's a corrupt law that is, yeah, it's designed so that if you know to say this, say that, not say this, not do that, and how to dance with it, then yeah, you can avoid prosecution. You can avoid um, a real major roadblock in the development of your your personal and professional life. You know. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. All right, I'm um I'm quite mindful of uh, the time as I just glanced up there, so I think. Oh, I'm gonna... well, aren't we? 
Yeah, so I'm going to look on to what was one of the last sort of questions I wanted to chat with you. Actually, there's, there's two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what's with the video? Uh, there's a lot of people that are probably now going to click. Who's Outlaw and jump on your Instagram? Uh-huh. There's, there's a video uh, of the character being Outlaw on a plane with some, with some weed, and I was just wondering what the story was behind that one. So, yeah, I mean, the character... Well, not even the character, to be fair. Uh, I didn't have a, a, a balaclava on. And I'd, def- I'd be able to defend this anyway based on the, the, the fact that um, it was in my carry-on luggage. That's fucking, yeah. I mean, I, I, I suppose that's I enough. Think, that's I think it. airport security are looking for bombs, not buds. You get what I'm saying? So I, get you, uh, I, get I, you. I, I, I don't actually hide it genuinely, um, but on the basis that you know cannabis isn't actually illegal, um, but it, that's what I think in my head. You know, cannabis isn't illegal. That that's what the government's led me to believe based on all these websites and the links and there's loads of shit. You know. Uh, Based on what laws they've changed and all that, you know, it's not it's not legal. It's, it depends on the circumstance. Yeah. Uh, like what I said, that it's not. I put a little bag with a piece of pineapple in. Isn't going to be illegal unless you've sprinkled uh, a controlled substance on it, and then the substance contains a controlled substance, you know, or the plant contains a controlled substance, and then that's where it, it goes from there, isn't it? Yes. Um, but yeah, man, like, uh, I like to have a little smoke ready for when I fucking land uh, wherever I'm going. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it might have been, been accidental even that it was in my um, carry-on bag. But, you know, it's just one of them things, isn't it, man? How, how did uh, other passengers, because it looked like it was sat next to somebody as well, how did, how did they react? a lot of shit, uh, yeah. Uh, get a uh, uh, strap my little spliff and that, and then just about it's normally about 10 minutes later to be fair. It's like, yo, it's thing. So it must be the circulation on the thing, like, genuinely, it takes a little while. The people on the row are smelling it straight away. But, uh, I suppose it's not just going to go that little bit, it's going to get recirculated. I don't know, I don't know. But as soon as it, but it's that's, a, that's kind of a good thing, I suppose, actually, because then you yeah, want like, to pinpoint it where it's coming from. Like the whole the plane bit. smells away. Yeah, no, but I'm not smoking it on the plane. You know what I'm saying? I'm not lighting it up. Oh, yeah, no, but it's, it it looked like a fairly uh fairly nice bit of flour. So imagine, in, especially in in a vacuum of other people's farts, yeah, yeah, yeah. that but that I'm nice turf profile suddenly is gonna smell a lot nicer. That's what I'm saying, man. People open cheese and onion crisps and that on the on the plane. It fucking stinks. Like it smelled nice. You know what I'm yeah. saying? People people weren't saying, oh, it stinks of weed. And it's dead bad. People were saying, yeah, fucking, that smells all right. Is someone smoking a spliff? Obviously, I wasn't smoking a spliff, genuinely. Obviously, I wasn't yeah. smoking yeah, But just roll it ready for when I land in the airport. I like to fucking get out of the airport and just fucking light on my spliff and then I get my mm. taxi wherever I'm going or whatever. Yeah, man. I've, I've been at that point, I wouldn't, unlawful, I wouldn't be in unlawful possession of a controlled substance. Um, and I think we're in the air, so I don't know how the laws work in the air. You get what I'm saying? Like, if we're in some whose jurisdiction are we in, I don't understand that shit, but I don't know who would be prosecuting who on which side or whatever. But I suppose you'd be you would be prosecuted based on the wherever you land, because you're not you're in possession in the air, but that's kind of irrelevant because as you say, there is no almost authority. But as soon as you land and you have to land somewhere. Right. So I suppose that's pretty shit. So if you then put say some I don't know, maybe not Dubai as much as it used to be, but maybe somewhere still like Singapore or wherever, right. the, yeah, if you get caught just over the wrong jurisdiction and they choose to land there to get the authorities involved, you could end up 
flying from a legal region to another legal region and ending up in some serious fucking trouble. Well, fuck it. We're here, aren't we? Well, it's like I say, um, it's not based on anything. It's not based on, you know, I've got a prescription. I haven't got a prescription, you know what I mean? I don't say it's this leaf or CBD or whatever shit. You know, I just say that because I believe that cannabis as a phrase isn't a controlled substance and the cannabis isn't illegal like that, that some acts around it are but prove which one was which and then i'm not accepting anyway so you can't really get a forensic report and it just like i said the domino effect uh based based on um the government misleading people again like all of the evidence is on the government website like it's like when I first saw it, I thought I was fucking. It looks like a Photoshop. There's no nowhere uh, number or letter against cannabis, and uh, be it whatever explanation anyone's got of that is okay, but it's misleading at the least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the only thing that I know there was a rough point in it as a conversation piece was some research around a Del- Delta Eight variant that was done in the forties or whatever the hell it was, and. They tried to use that as then a justification, but if you look through it in terms of the progression through the international conventions, it comes from some very racist and questionable documents produced by the World Health Organization. I mean, the, the root and <laughs> history of these things is, yeah, it's really fucked up and is going to unravel in, in due course and time. Mm. Um, so where is the last thing? Um, I suppose the last one new. Actually, this is two things. I suppose we'll try and keep this uh, quite limited. Sorry, I've just remembered. We were talking, obviously, privately. Cultivation is still quite a really contentious issue for defence. Yeah. What You can speak of a hypothetical. Um, uh, what would you sort of say to somebody or offer as, a, a, I wouldn't say advice, but yeah. how, how would... I'm trying to figure out fuck, to ask this question. If some, somebody goes about cultivation and they're yeah. then caught in that act, what what do we currently know about the way the law works? Well, what I perceive is it's 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 a licensing problem on the basis that you know if you have got a license, it's legal to cultivate cannabis. That's why I say cannabis can't be illegal as well. There's another reason because you know. Uh, an ex-prime minister's husband is highly involved in a, a really big cannabis grow, you know, in the UK. Um, so h- how can he grow, how can anyone grow cannabis, the phrase cannabis or cannabis with a controlled substance? How can anyone do any of that shit if it's illegal? It's not, it, it's legal and it's licensable and no one can get a fucking license because of how they've set it up, you know, because of what they're fucking like. So yeah, we just had to cut that bit out because I just keep accidentally incriminating myself, but it's all good. Yeah, it's. I mean, we've been on for a good few hours here, so you can you can, you can understand this. And I think uh, I I really again I appreciate sort of your your time and your your effort with this. I'd like to think I think we've gone through the vast majority of this. I mean, uh, people are obviously. I mean, so, so actually, I'm going to let you do this because it's kind of my, it's my last question is what does the future hold? And I was going to kind of say about. Uh, so your project. So actually, yeah, there's a question here somewhere that I can hybridize with this, which is what what do you have planned for 2022? Kind of what does the future hold? So that I mean, we've we've I think we've covered a lot of what you've done in the past. There's obviously links on your website. There's plenty of media links uh, for what you've done. I hope that we uh, I've done the community a good service in terms of the content that we've produced here and the conversations that we've had because I feel uh, that wherever uh, you upload this as well, I'll be in the comments if anyone's got any fucking questions. Mm-hmm. I'll reply to a good few of them. 
I appreciate that because there's obviously there's going to be a few points where I'm going to have to have cut this for legal reasons, um, yeah. which I'm happy to to explain in uh, lives and other sort of podcasts going forward in just the nuance of the law. It's it's just boring, as we were saying, of certain open cases uh, of, of committing sort of perjury or of um, just incriminating in in potential alleged potential criminality. You know what I mean? I think that's. That's sort of, sort of fair, fair to say. I mean, I'd like to say that you've you've answered to to a satisfactorily degree with myself the questions. So I'm I'm quite happy uh, with yeah with the content we've produced here, man. So I think that yeah, I'd like to just ask you what you got planned for for the rest of the year and what the kind of the future holds for for Outlaw. I think I've spoke about my uh, homeless project. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look out for that because it'll be really good um, to you know prove some fucking solid points with that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be releasing some music under Outlaw, not under my other uh, name and that. Um, so yeah, look out for that if you're into political music and all of that good stuff. Uh, what else have we got now? Oh man, 420 events. Yeah, we've got two 420 events. We're gonna try them out again. Uh, we're gonna approach it differently and uh, do it. I can, you know, in a, in a slightly different way where I can get there without necessarily having all the stuff uh, and then do a little sh- switch or, you know, we'll call it a switch and a few switches and then we're there with it all. So, um, yeah, we're clean on that space. Uh, yeah, so 420 events, I'll be doing that in Manchester uh, and probably London. Well, I will be doing it in London as well. Uh, and if it's just after 420 because I do the Manchester one, you know, we'll... Uh, We'll sort out some type of like protest, and I'm sure sounds, you'll, yeah. and you'll be down there. I was going to say it's interesting. In Manchester, uh, the we call them the Maniwana community, uh, yeah. for several years in uh, is it Flats Park? Is that in Manchester? Am I, yeah. am I mixing up with something else? They they do a thing on the Sunday of four twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sunday before or after they get a big gathering, and that usually gets several thousand people. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, so yeah, coordinating around those kind of events, well, that'd be. But I've never missed one of them, not as a lot. But I've never missed one of them Pottsfield events, man. They're fucking sick. But I, I know the Hyde Park ones in London are good as well. So, mm. um, but obviously, I think it will be Manchester on four twenty, and then we'll do more of a protesty type thing. But it'll be a similar like type, you know, what I'm gonna do. Yeah, nice. Be uh, be good to get you down in uh, Cardiff. I'll be leading the, the Cardiff protest again. And that's just marching from one park to another through the city centre. Again, it's quite a few thousand people of, uh, at the peak of it. Well, yeah. I don't know what it's going to be like post-COVID uh, as to how many people gather. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's a pretty good protest because that's the Demillion Cannabis March that happens on the first Saturday of every May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when's that? The first what? For first Saturday of every May. Although first, I think it's going to be the seventh right. this year if I've got my... Like a few weeks. There's a few of them. Uh, no, it's all coordinated on the same date. So just one Saturday in May, yeah. Uh, yes, it's, it's yeah. the seventh, seventh in May, the seventh of May. Sorry, the seventh of May. Seventh of May, yeah. Sounds. Yeah. I'll have to try yeah. and get the band down there and do some bits. Yeah, man, there's there's a lot of amazing events popping up. Uh, this country, it's it's really good to see people sort of inspired and really trying to come back together and and showcase the the talents, the the skills, the unique and wonderfulness that makes up this this beautiful community we all find ourselves a part of yeah 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 yeah, completely 
Madness. So, uh, so what else can sort of people expect from? Uh... Uh, yeah, loads more madness. Like, there's, there's obviously a lot of stuff, and like I say, fucking, we don't know what the government are gonna do next. So who knows what I'm gonna do next? You know what I mean? I, I, I can't even see. Like, it's quite a lot of my stuff's just a quick thing. Like, the next big uh, point I'm gonna make is, uh, you know, uh, NHS people, doctors, everyone, nurses, all of that, uh, getting sacked for not having the uh, prick. They've just uh, reversed that, I think, this morning. Perfect. It was like yesterday. Sound. It's been a long day. I think that was this morning. Yeah, they've just reversed the mandate on that. Right. As long as it's like not reversed it to a certain point of, yeah, they've had one or, you know, they can actually have none. And I think, yes, yeah, a few people have really uh, shown that that is not legal. Um, there's, there's quite a few points of, without going back into it, that sort of narrative that are being discussed and it's the same thing we saw yeah, with the war on drugs if people can then understand the narrative of what's going on with the war on drugs and how legislation and certain people's ideological positions can be weaponized and fortified into creating a collective let's call it amnesia hypnosis um then then yeah you'll get a bit closer to the truth that's, that's probably enough to get me uh, off youtube it's nice while we're here, guys. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, it's dude. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to uh, well to to working with you on uh, on your YouTube channel as that comes yeah, man. comes to fruition, and hope to have you back as a guest. That's uh, in February. That I've got. I've been filming loads of shit for that, um, and now I'm getting to the point. The stuff that I've done with the police, I've done it without the ballet on. I've done it with my mask and my hat, so you still can't see fuck all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the stuff I've got with the police, I'm thinking, yo, should I even put this out because it proves a lot. Um, but I'm definitely going to put all the cannabis stuff out uh, and, you know, really show that people can be, um, you know, empowered by the government's misleading legislation and all the stuff we've discussed. Yeah, it's like uh, legal jujitsu, as I always describe it. You know, if, if, we, if we can be informed in it, it's we're picking up a weapon. They've, they've come at us with a kosh. If you go read that book, you go give it a little Google or DuckDuckGo and find out what you need to know. If you believe and come to a belief um and then use that belief that empowers you that informs you and gives you uh, a weapon i suppose in some people's eyes or a defensive tool to provide yourself the yeah the level footing to not be destroyed by this this archaic fucking out of date legislation you know what i mean we know the government is shit and all that but the process of it the government aren't actually involved it's a very scripted process you know like we've discussed it's it's not a mad personal thing to a prosecutor if they're not mad pissed off with you you know or not it's just a tick box thing um so yeah, it's getting your head around that and then and then starting to uh you know do research and and take what you want from the research mm-hmm. no one yeah. can tell anyone what to believe no one can tell really anyone what to say it's just a um you know take from it what you want in it yeah and obviously others like yourself can share that that research and that information and because of the nature of the beast it's never going to be let's call it baby food it's never going to be universally digestible some people are going to need help eating it do you know what I mean? And that's not necessarily yours or mine or others' positions to do so. Each of us has to come to awareness or knowledge or a point of informed consent in our own ways. And so all I guess you can do is continue to do the work that you do. You know what I mean? And I I believe that what you're doing is is helping. I'd, I, I believe that 
um, these acquittals and that the you are you are getting from the, the the comments that I've seen sort of online and from the my own eyes of being inside courtrooms and seeing how the system works that is that is belief to me you know what I mean to use the the, the word of the day um, and I hope others having I don't even know how long we've been doing this having watched this will come to the same sort of conclusion and if not um, there are plenty of links below to to contact Outlaw um, and to look at your website and everything else to, to hopefully I mean knowledge is power man I, I, I'm trying to help everybody if, if you know if, if people don't necessarily believe what I believe that's fine like you know that is fine but it's just one of them things I can't go past a certain point of uh, explaining it and putting words into people's mouths and um, but I'll do the best I can to show you what I'm saying you know on some of these YouTube videos is entirely accurate just based on that phrase uh based on the you know the stuff that's in the document um but like i say yeah i'm here to reply to some of the comments anyway i like replying to comments anyway like people are uh people are generally just fucking sick like i just i just rate loads of different types of people and um see a lot of different things like what we we're talking about before really you know in, in a lot yeah. of people it's meant yeah, same. That's why I, I love this job, love what I do here. So right. this would be then a perfect segue, actually, that if you also have enjoyed this episode, folks, please do check us out on uh, patreon.com where you can help uh, keep the keep the little lights on here for me. And I'm not saying that as a shameless plug. Right. If, yeah, support my lavish lifestyle. There is no lavish right. lifestyle here, folks. I, 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 I sit on ass and do the work here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a Patreon's a nice way of, um, you know, I've never took donations, but Patreon. It's, it's more per, it's more pers- personal. If you're if you're one of my patrons, you get early access to my work and you get a direct line. Yeah, yeah. We we can then have a chat, and it's an easy way. That... Nothing, you know, you, you get something. It's like you wouldn't call a Netflix subscription a donation. You know, it's like it's, a, exactly that. It's a, it's a, it's a way of someone supporting you financially because support isn't all about finance. But if they want to support you financially, like you know, you'd be pretty stupid not to let them. You know, keep the fucking domains running and all the fucking you know all the little especially bits. these days with the fucking energy <laughs> price increase <laughs> it's all getting a bit uh yeah we bit out of hand but yeah no I, I i agree with that sentiment entirely um and so yeah with that that lazy segue i think i want to again thank you outlaw for for giving me uh this i'm assuming it feels about three hours we'll figure it out in uh in edit what it looks what it looks like um but yeah Dude, it's been a pleasure. Hey, it's been good being on here, man. We'll have to do this again as well, still. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think we've, we've, we've covered the majority of the, the questions that I wanted, the community wanted, I feel, and uh, have organically arose from the conversation. So, yeah, I'd love to then just revisit and, like I said, have a more of a chat of kind of what makes Outlaw tick. You know what I mean? I've, we've learned about a lot about your processes, the work that you've done, and the work that you intend to do. But I think, uh, yeah, in terms of getting to know Outlaw, in terms of the, the character, the, the oh, yeah. I don't want to say the facade, but, you know, the... the character comes in when it's doing illegal shit. The rest of the yeah. time, it's basically just, you know, me and I'm just doing my thing and we're fucking... Just, yeah. you know, you understand the situation. I'm sure a lot of... A lot I'm, of I'm hoping a lot more people now understand it. And if not, can can come to that awareness over time. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, that same with belief has to arise from an independent action so y'all go commit to that and while you're doing it 
give us a little like share subscribe below and um yeah <laughs> check us back out here uh, next week and every week until well probably even after <laughs> something changes because I, I, I don't know what else i'd do i'd be lonely here without you folks huh. all right it's been a pleasure and i'll see you in the comments yeah get it out in the comments yeah, right. peace and love folks we'll see you next week peace